been around the world found that only stupid people are breeding. The Cretans cloning and feeding. And I don't even own a TV. Put me in the hospital for nursing, then they had to commit me. You told them all I was crazy. They cut off my legs, now I'm an amputee. God dang you. I'm not sick, but I'm not well. And I'm so high, cause I'm in hell. I'm not sick, but I'm not well. And it's a sin to live so well. Oh, we're back in it. Welcome back to A Star is Born. Thank you so much for joining me for yet another thrilling episode of A Star is Born. I'm your host, as always, Chris Arneson, joining you on this Tuesday afternoon, 3.05 p.m., cloud-covered day here in Pullman. I'm Ploose. I'm sitting here in a Stars Born HQ, second floor of Coffeehouse Apartments, across the street from Washington State University. Uh, yeah, cloudy out there. It's warm, though. It's probably... Around 70 degrees. Um, not a lot of circulation in here, in this room. It's a little stuffy. Got the window open, though. Um, it's supposed to rain. It's supposed to start raining. There's your weather update. If you're wondering about the Pullman weather. So, that's a, that's what the iPhone, the 10 day on the iPhone. We got thunderstorms. That's not normal. For up here in the Northwest, the beautiful Pacific Northwest, we do not get many thunderstorms, but I think they get more here on the east side of the state than where I grew up on the west side in Bothell. But yes, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for sharing the podcast with a friend, family member, coworker, uh, barista, balloon maker, um, the person, the hot dog vendor that that dude at Safeco Field, because I'm going to call it Safeco Field, because I refuse to say the new name, of course. Um, speaking of Safeco Field, though, let's do the Mariners update. So last night, let's see, we played tonight, we, uh, <laughs> I include myself with the organization, play tonight, host the Oakland A's, interdivisional rival Oakland Athletics. And last night, defeated them 6-5. to five. So There we go. Coming off the win. Coming off a win. And that uh, little losing streak we had there. 21-23. and 23. All right, there's your Mariners update. Um, I was going to say, let's see, who's, let's see who's pitching tonight. So, but before that, um, <laughs> I'm like all over the place already. I will check who's pitching, then we'll do the NBA update. So, no hurry here. Uh, NBA update, though? Man, there was a crazy buzzer beater. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, who many people argue, I'm, <clears throat> I'm not really one of them. I think K 
KD, Durant, when he's healthy, is the best player in the league. Uh, LeBron's past his time, but some people think Kawhi is the best. That's kind of the sexy pick. <laughs> you know how that's how people describe a pick. Wait, I don't want to see yesterday's game. I want to see today's game. Um, but yeah, Kawhi hit insane buzzer beater. Uh, you guys probably seen it. Um, end the series in game seven. It was a tie game when he hit it. And it was well defended. And it landed on the front of the rim and bounced around. That's the most... Never seen a buzzer beater bounce around like that. Just It's like the the basketball had a mind of, a cell, of its own. Um, trying to decide whether to go in or not. It was insane, though. And then Kawhi. That's the most excited Kawhi's ever been, too. Because he's known for being a robotic type of person. He's... <laughs> that's his laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a robot laugh. Ha <laughs> uh, Just make myself laugh doing the Kawhi laugh. Um, tonight, Mike Leak is pitching for the Mariners. And then for the Oakland A's, Brett Anderson. Yeah, Brett Anderson is pitching. And the A's just had, speaking of the A's pitchers, they just had... One of their pitchers threw a, a no-hitter again. Second time in his career. I'm trying to remember. Let's see. Um, Oakland A's. Who was it? Was it Mike Fierce? Oakland. This isn't even a sports podcast, so. It's not It's not a sports podcast. Uh, second. I'm just going to say second no-hitter. Um, Mike Fierce. It was Mike Fierce. There we go. On Mother's Day. There we go. Mike Fierce. Nice job, Mike Fierce. Nice job pitching that game, Mike Fierce. How you guys doing? You doing good? It's my Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> um, Alright, so let's... So that's your NBA update. Oh, also, Game 7. That's more... That's kind of a combination of my impression of Mark Wahlberg, but also my impression of uh, DVK, Daniel... Daniel Lane Kirk do an impression of Mark Wahlberg uh, like he used to do on Douglas movies because he did the character Mark Wahlberg and he would always be a guest on Douglas movies and I used to listen to that show probably I probably started listening to DLM in like 2006 or 2007 but I used to think that was the real Mark Wahlberg like, and it was so, it's just so funny, because he would say the most ridiculous things, and I would just, yeah, back in the day, I was not in on the joke, and I thought Mark Wahlberg would just show up at these random comedy clubs and make fun of his own movies and stuff, and I don't know, it was funny, but I don't remember the first time I, I think it was a gradual process, me figuring it out, that it wasn't Mark Wahlberg. Um, let's see. Let's get into the. Let's get into the show. Let's get in, dive into Maddie Matt, <laughs> not Marky Mark. Maddie Matt. Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right.
not to that movie yet though. We're gonna start as first credit, IMDb page, filmography. Here we go. Let's do this. Video short, nineteen ninety two. Oh, oh yes. Before we start, I was also gonna mention. Um, thank you so much for uh, rating and reviewing the podcast on iTunes. Please hop on over right now. Click on over to iTunes and give A Star is Born, the podcast, five stars. Helps a lot. And, uh, yeah, we're really growing the brand, you know, as <laughs> as they as they say. But um, no, I, th- I think it just helps a lot. And we're doing it. We're doing it big. It's, thank you so much. So here we go. Let's dive in. Video short, 1992. First credit for Matthew McConaughey. Trisha Yearwood featuring Don Henley, Walkaway Joe, and he plays Walkaway Joe, uncredited. So his name does not appear on screen. Interesting. Don Henley, he was um in Eagles, not the Eagles, Eagles, right? I believe. Yep, he was. He played for the Philadelphia Eagles, kicker. Back in the, Don Henley, former third string quarterback, um, Eagles. That's such a weird thing. Why would they not make their band name The Eagles? I'm sure many people have talked about this, but <laughs> so many people have probably complained about that to members of Eagles. Like, why is your band? It's like the um, Thunder or Heat. How it's. How it's like a singular team name. Kind of weird. Throws you off, you know. But same kind of idea, I think. Maybe. Anyway. Uh, TV series documentary 1992. Unsolved Mysteries. He plays Larry Dickens. One episode. Let's see what this is. Or if it's going to say what his specific episode is about. This is a TV PG 60-minute TV series documentary crime drama. Combines dramatic reenactments, interviews, and updates to tell stories of real mysteries from human to supernatural. Um, Robert Stack and Dennis Farina. The late Dennis Farina are the two regular cast and crew. Or not not crew, but (laughs) cast. Robert Stack for 291 episodes, and Dennis Farina is 174 episodes. Okay. Unsolved mystery. wonder what Matthew McConaughey's mystery was. The mystery of the missing surfboard. <laughs> Where did that go, dude? It's like, dude, where's my car? Meets some surfboard movie. I can't think of a... Oh, that Blake Lively one. The Shallows. In the shallows. In the shallows. That should have been the theme song of that that movie. If it weren't written after the fact. Uh, I saw that Blake Lively surfing movie where where she fights the shark. Um, I saw that one in theaters. It was pretty good. It's good if you like movies where it's just one character. Like, well, I mean, two if, two if you include the shark, which 
It's kind of like how uh, New York City or L.A. or Chicago, they play a separate character in the movie sometimes. Sometimes a shark plays a character in the movie, like in Jaws. Shark, I would definitely consider the shark a character. Shark's just just as valuable of an animal as... I mean, you would consider, like, Air Bud to be the main actor in that movie. I don't have to explain this. We already did... <laughs> we already did episode... <coughs> excuse me, what's that? Episode 23 is animal actors, so... All right. Oh, here we go. Oh, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. 1993, his first movie, I did not realize this is his first movie, Wooderson and Dazed and Confused, this is, this was one of my favorite movies back in the day, when I first saw this, it's definitely my brother showed me this movie, my older brother Nick, but it's a great movie, it has a great soundtrack too, Nick my brother definitely loves the soundtrack on this movie because you know those CD trees that fit probably 100 CDs, just a stack of them, a Robert stack of them. Um, he has like five of those CD trees, just full. So just that's how many CDs my brother has. But he loves the soundtrack of that. It's just classic 70s rock, slow ride. Take it easy. That's that's a good soundtrack. That's probably top five movie soundtracks. I would say. But quickly, before we go any further on Days and Fuse, circle back to... I'd like to circle back. Pull a little U-turn on the old bird scooter here. The old podcast bird scooter. I have to think, what vehicle is this podcast? That would be interesting. Um, we'll have to think about it, but I think I've talked about that before. <laughs> what vehicle would this podcast, would it be like a, I would think like a, I want it to be an inner tube on a, on a lazy river. I'm gonna write that down. Let's take off this post-it note. We're gonna put this post-it right here. An inner tube, inner tube on lazy river. That's this. I have to describe what it means, though. Um, this podcast. <laughs> All right, there we go. That's that's to describe what the podcast is. Because um, I like metaphors. It kind of helps me helps me understand things better. Be able to picture some sort of image in my head. But maybe you can picture that right now as you're listening. It's like uh, being on a lazy river. You know, yours on an inner tube. Is that we call it an inner tube when it's. I know you call it an inner tube when it's on snow. But is it still an inner tube when it's on water? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> what am I talking about? They're the same things. They're the same tubes. Alright, well, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, this podcast. I should write, A Star is Born. Then I'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So let's uh, pull a U-turn on the old inner tube <laughs> but you're not really supposed to do a u-turn on a lazy river because then you just be going like a salmon swimming upstream i'd be breaking the rules the pool rules the anyway the water park rules but 
I just wanted to mention, I wonder if there's an animal actor union. I'm sure there is. But, or are they just in the same actors, like screen actors guild, SAG? Are they, I bet there's just some animals. I wonder, here, let's see, animals. <laughs> this is interesting. I bet I could see either way. I bet there's a separate one. Animals. I mean, I'm not trying to like dehumanize any any of those actors, any actors out there listening. Animals, actor. I'm not trying to compare you to animals. I'm trying to just figure out if there's a union for a union. Let's see. Animal, actor. PETA? It just says PETA. <laughs> All right. So I guess PETA is the... <laughs> oh, that's funny. PETA is the actors, screen actors guild SAG for animals. Yeah. Because they have a whole app page. First thing, you just search. If you Google, go to google.com. Animal actors union. And the first thing that comes up is PETA animal actors. There you go. Um, all right. I don't know what I'm talking about. This is... I should have saved this. I should <laughs> save this for the Animal Actors podcast. I could do a part two if I want. That'd be, that'd be kind of fun. Animal Actors part two. But anyway. Because that's, that's one of the rare ones that we could do a... We could actually do a part two on it. Because all the other ones we... I mean, we already completed all the actors, all their credits. You know what I mean. Um, <clears throat> we could do a Friends, Friends Guys episode. We already did the Friends Ladies. That'd be good. I'm sure we'll do that soon. Anyway, let's talk, uh, Dazed and Confused. The adventures of high school and junior high students on the last day of school in May 1976. I think this was, was this Richard Linklater's first movie? I think it was. He's a pretty, pretty successful director now. I have not seen... I don't know if I've seen any of his other movies. Though. Oh, no. Slacker. Actually, his first movie was... It's Impossible to, to Learn to Plow by Reading Books. Wow, that's a crazy name. They mean Snow Plow? Mr. Plow, that's my name. That name again is Mr. Plow. I think I've already talked about that Simpsons episode, Mr. Plow. But if not, we'll just make that the Simpsons episode for this episode of A Star is Born. Mr. Plow. It's when Homer drives a snowplow and um, takes over. He becomes He monopolizes the business. Uh, super funny. That's a great episode. That's a classic Simpsons episode. All right. Anyone where Homer gets a new job. It's, those are always funny. All right. Slacker. I've heard that movie Slacker. That was... That's a well-known Richard Linklater. Day in the life of Te Austin, Texas. As the camera roams from place to place and provides a brief look at the overeducated, the social misfits, the outcasts, and the oddballs. Slacker. Starring, oh, Richard Linklater's in it himself. But I don't think there's any 
I think it might be one of those movies that it's just all just regular people, just no actors. Those are always kind of interesting. Before Sunrise, Suburbia, The Newton Boys, Waking Life, Tape, uh, School of Rock. Oh, what? Richard Linklater directed School of Rock? It's one of my favorite movies. Wait, do I have that in... Now I'm looking over... Oh, I can't believe I didn't grab School of Rock for my parents' DVD collection. I've been going over... Uh, the DVDs that I grabbed for my parents since they're moving to Spokane. They're moving to the other side of the state of uh, Washington, as I like to call it. So they whittled their whole DVD collection from um, mostly from the TV room, from that shelf, the bookshelf in the TV room, down to two pretty huge cardboard boxes. And I searched through them, grabbed about a baker's dozen DVDs, and here's the second to last one right here. It is, um, let's see, Two Thumbs Up from Siskel and Ebert. Still as smart and charming as ever. It's a fresh, sassy makeover. Um, it's the Whatever collection, Collector's Edition. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. Um, Alicia Silverstone. Oh, that probably gave it away right there. This is the most... Man, this is like the only movie I really know Alicia Silverstone from. <clears throat> but let's see. Alicia Silverstone sparkles as Cher, the matchmaking 15-year-old Beverly Hills high schooler who has shopping and boys on her mind, but mostly shopping. Shopping! Also starring Brittany Murphy as a dowdy transfer student, Jeremy Sisto as her potential mate, and Paul Rudd uh, as Cher's sensitive Baldwin stepbrother. That's funny how they compare it to a Baldwin brother. That's how you can tell that this is from the mid-90s, this DVD. Because that's like, that's in the ether. That's in the lexicon. <laughs> that's like the Kardashians. The Baldwins were the old Kardashians. I mean, probably not as... They didn't have like a reality show, I don't think, but... They were kind of the early Kardashians. Before that time. The the boy version. <laughs> the male version. The Baldwin brothers. Uh, Clueless is back to capture the hearts of a whole new generation. This also stars... The guy who plays... Um, what's his name? John in Garfield. What's this guy's name? Brecken Meyer. That's right. That was a good poll right there. Good, good uh, memory. <laughs> Brecken Meyer. <clears throat> he was a uh, famous back in the late nineties. Kind of the same time as Ethan Embry. Ethan Embry, Brecken Meyer. Yeah, those guys were popping off. What was that other? Um, Hardly can't wait. Can't hardly wait. That was another great, great late nineties party movie. But um, Clueless, Clueless is a great movie. Paul Rudd, we talked about it. Episode four of A Star Is Born, and um, speaking of Paul Rudd in episode four, 
another thing we talked about in episode four was year one. So <laughs> let's just uh, hop right in, hop right over, push on over to the other side of the Lazy River where the AMC Triple Feature is located. Let's talk about the AMC Triple Feature, why don't we? Because year one was the first movie that uh, me and my best bud growing up, back in the day, Steven Ungrecht, we went to back in June 2009, uh, sophomore year had just ended, it was just like Days and Confuse. We were, we were running away from our older brothers, hoping not to get beat up and <laughs> hit with a paddle. Man, that movie, Days and Confuse is actually kind of scary. Like when he's, when Mitch, the kid with long hair, uh, he's pitching in the baseball game. And then the game ends, and he looks in the outfield, and Ben Affleck's out there. Ben Affleck. Is, that's what Bert calls him. I like that. I just started saying it. Ben Affleck. Um, he's just out there, just like, hitting his paddle in his hand. Just, <laughs> just staring at him with a thousand, thousand mile stare. But that's the scary part of that movie. Um, it really, uh, glorifies bullying, Days and Confused does, very intense movie, but anyway, AMC Triple Feature, so the first movie we went to, I can't remember if this was the day that school got out, because that probably would have been, like, a half day, we probably would have got out <clears throat> early that day, I would guess, so it could have been... Like, literally the last day of school. I think it was. Honestly, ah, I think it was. I don't know. It's tough. (laughs) Coming up on a decade. uh, A decade. The decade anniversary of it. We're going to have to... That'll be a big, exciting podcast episode (laughs) for it. But, yeah, it's hard to remember if that was the last day of school or not. But, anyway. It was right around there. And Stephen... Uh, family, friends, um, it was our, he was my best friend growing up, also my oldest friend, because our moms met at some toddler group or something, and, um, probably went with our older brothers, or could have been with me and Steven and Chris, his twin brother Chris, his evil twin, (laughs) no, just kidding, Chris isn't, Chris isn't evil, just because he has the same name as me. That's why I have a beef with him. <laughs> Come on, Chris. Uh, but no, he would always go by Christopher anyway. I always go by Chris. But yeah, I think our moms met at a toddler group. Or one of those mom, like new mom groups. And uh, yeah, I've been friends. We've been friends with the Ungrek family since for as long as I can remember. So anyway, this day... Year one was the first movie we went to, and um, Michael Sarah, Jacques Black, and also Paul Rudd, the star of Clueless, alongside Alicia Silverstone. And year one was pretty awful. <laughs> Judd Apatow. Well, I I usually like Judd Apatow movies though. I'm not trying to. <laughs> I wasn't trying to throw Judd Apatow under the bus right there. Under the old. Uh, double-decker Hollywood view was it stars of the homes you know those old 
buses that went from all the to all the stars of the homes. I wonder if those still exist. You know what I'm talking about the the famous people home tours. But I wonder, man, that's such an interesting thing. Like, were there addresses? They couldn't have actually been going to their real houses, because their their addresses wouldn't have been in the yellow pages or something. <laughs> you just look like Tom Cruise in the yellow pages, or I don't know. You can't Google it. It's before Google. But I went on a double-decker bus. The only time I went on a double-decker bus was in my only time in New York City. I love New York City. But I haven't been there for over a decade. And I was only there for two nights. So that was the 2008 East Coast baseball trip with my dad, Uncle Steve, and Cousin Matt. And, um... Speaking of baseball trips, we'll talk about the 2007 Midwest baseball trip photo, which is the episode image for this particular installment of A Star is Born, but uh, we'll talk about that after we finish the AMC Triple Feature. So year one, uh, I've been talking Cave People Institute of Technology. Let's see, the last few episodes... um, since every episode, <laughs> generally every episode, we'll talk about the AMC Triple Feature. So I'll say, let's try to add something on to the the old cave people, square wheels. I think, man, in their gym, because I was talking about what would be in their, their gymnasium. They would definitely would have <laughs> the medicine balls. Their medicine balls would just be giant... <laughs> I've, already, I've already used boulders. I've already used giant rocks as an example for stuff. I was just going to say giant balls of interwoven like twine. Just just all like clumped together. You know, like a like an old-timey rubber band ball. Oh my god. Those rubber band balls were... Those were like the real super balls. God. That was good seriously injure someone take their eye out but I think there would also be a creek <laughs> I would like or uh what do you call it a creek or um I can't think of the other name for a, I was trying to think of the special name for a creek but now I have to I guess I'll have to look up a babble that's the word I was looking for a babble there would definitely be a babble going through Going through the the cave cave people institute of technology gymnasium, but <laughs> if you're lost right now, you might be totally confused. You're like, "What are you talking about, Chris? You just went completely off the rails right there." But I guess you have to listen to the past past episodes of Stars Born. Maybe it makes more sense if you just start from the beginning. I don't know, but I have to admit, I definitely had some trouble figuring out the sound on the first few episodes but it's uh, I can it's better to be too loud for a podcast versus too quiet I think but I don't know I'm not the listener right now I'm the talker so what am I talking about what am I talking about Uh, I think it's not necessarily a chronological podcast a star is born because you can just pick and choose your favorite actors and actresses it's kind of chronological, though. 
because I like to make it so involved and uh, not involved but interactive and uh, try to try to do real life stuff talk about my my life and all that stuff and now I'm just babbling speaking of babbling now now I'm babbling um, let's go back to AMC Triple Feature. So, let's see. We were at AMC Woodenville. And that's where I would go on to work from February 2016 to August 2016. So, a mere six and a half years after the AMC Triple Feature event. One day spectacular event. Um, I would go on to work there. And we saw, let's see, we saw year one in theater six. This is funny because I talk about this every episode. Now I'm having trouble. I'm like, I <laughs> can't, can't remember it. Uh, so we saw uh, year one. That was in the movie theater. It was closest to the arcade before the remodel. So they remodeled AMC Woodenville after I stopped working there. So I stopped working there when I went back to school back here at back here in Pullman, Washington State University to get my second degree, uh, my second bachelor's degree, because, <laughs> I mean, I just didn't want to fill out all the, there's so much paperwork for the master's degree, honestly, that's the main reason why I went for the second bachelor's instead of the master's degree, I don't know if the master's would have been more beneficial for me in the long run, but <laughs> I don't like the administrative stuff, all that paperwork kind of mumbo-jumbo, and I just wanted to go back to school. And that's where I fell in love. It's, I make it sound so romantic. But I really found my true love of writing. And I mean, I don't know if that's my true love, really. Because I actually like talking. I like, I like doing pod, I like podcasting and uh, just talking. I haven't been writing as much lately. But I like writing. I mean... I have two books on Amazon Kindle. I mean, I was I used to be really into writing back in let's see, starting September 2016 and for that time period when I worked for Daily Evergreen, uh you can listen to all those interviews from my time working for Daily Evergreen. But man, now I'm just like <laughs> this is one of those times where I wish I had a producer and I'm like, how did I even get... Oh, yes, because I was talking about going back to school. But yeah, I went back to school to get a, my second bachelor's degree in sport management. And my first one was social sciences. It was kind of one of those general studies ones. Um, let's see, sociology, psychology, and business were the three, I believe. I'm not, I can't even remember the three components of my own degree but that was my first degree that was back in may 2015 and that's my life story right there a little sneak peek of it a little snippet um but let's see amc triple feature so yeah they remodeled it i've been to one movie there i went to game night with my mom uh, we both like jason bateman um, and Rachel McAdams too. That's a Game Night's a good movie. I I recommend it. That's a funny movie. Um, I liked it, and I like 
oh, they have those just lazy boy chairs, just kind of um, the kind that you would find in like a very nice first class, yeah, like a first class seat. That's like those kinds of, or maybe like a nice long Greyhound bus, but I'm sure, I'm sure Greyhound buses don't have those nice seats. What am I talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about, Wheels? Maybe like a limo. <laughs> no, no, limos wouldn't have lazy boy seats either. Um, where would they have a nice lazy boy? Oh, like those seats, courtside and NBA game. You know, uh, the contest winners, like the the Mountain Dew, the Mountain Dew 360, like they made a half-court shot or something, and they got three three seats right right next to the basket. Or Actually, you wouldn't want to sit next to the basket. You'd probably be closer to mid-court, but you'd be in the lazy boys, though. They, I've seen those people. I've seen those people at the NBA games, the contest winners. I'm sure it's not just NBA games. Maybe MLB for baseball. Oh, you would just go in the suites. So they put you up in the suites. That's the weird thing about baseball and football, too. You go up for the nicer seats. You go up. You go to the suites. But you, you don't go too far up because then you're up in the, in the rafters. Or the raptors, as I used to call it. But, oh, I forgot to mention the Nuggets. The Nuggets lost to the Blazers. The Portland Trailblazers took that series, so they're going to play the Warriors tonight. But um, that's the rest of your NBA update there. So I predicted one of those two series correctly. But, um, yeah, anyway, the NFL. So NFL and NBA, yeah, it's weird. You go for the suites in the middle. You don't go too high because those are the nosebleed seats. The, the cheap seats. Uh, one of my favorite shows, um, the Sklar Brothers, the Sklar Brothers. You can find those episodes on YouTube. Cheap seats, hilarious. They rewatch old, old sporting events and uh, make fun of them, kind of. But let's see. Yes, but then the weird thing is, baseball. I suppose, I guess baseball. You could go sit right behind. Uh, right behind the catcher, right behind home plate, that could be considered the best seat in the house. But some people might consider the suite level for a baseball game at Safeco Field. <laughs> I refuse to call it its new name. But some people might consider that kind of second tier, second level, uh, 200 level. Because you can see the whole field. Because if you're sitting first row right behind home plate... I mean, you can see how fast the pitch is. That's the best seat in the house if you want to get, like a, I would say if you want to experience the closest thing to what a batter experiences, like standing in front of a 90 mile an hour or like 100 mile an hour fastball, just coming at you, could be coming at your head, you don't know, but I've never sat that close behind home plate. I've... It's pretty scary sitting, I've sat second row, third base side uh, with my dad. This was probably 2012. This might have been high school. This might have been like 2011, 2010 or something. But we were playing the Royals and 
it's so scary sitting there. So we were third base side, so left field or left hand batters coming up. But um I'll tell you about that in a second. I'm gonna take a little break and um go to the bathroom, refresh my man, I got I need some water right now. Been talking, haven't got any water this whole time. Not following the rules of podcasting. The rules of the Stars Born podcast. Gotta stay hydrated. So, I'll be right back. I'm on break. Hope you had a good break. Um, Hope it was productive. Got a lot of stuff done. Got the next to-do list started. But, what was I saying? I just wanted to say, you just gotta stay on high alert when you're sitting Baseball is the scariest sport as a spectator. That's the the biggest downside and the the biggest thing that people don't really talk about is how how scary and dangerous baseball can be as a as a spectator. Depending on where you're sitting, you you can be in just right in line for really hard line drive uh, foul balls, especially foul balls if you're sitting in those seats. Uh, first, first base side, and third base side, but we were a little farther up the line because we were f- we were past the base, so we were a little farther up the line. But those are some scary seats. <laughs> you you just got you gotta watch the whole game, and I bet with with smartphones these days, that's made. I wonder if more people have gotten hurt in the past few years because of smartphones. They're not watching the game. And they take a line drive to the, to the noggin. That's that's scary. That's why you want to sit directly behind home plate. You get that net. I think some stadiums are putting. Oh, there comes my roommate. I hear the beeping in. I think some stadiums are doing the net. On the hole, not the hole, but maybe extending it a little farther. But do they do that in like Japanese baseball? I think they might do that in Japanese baseball league. Put the net like all the way around or something. And um I was also okay, here's another thing I was just talking about. Oh, but also Japanese baseball. You guys have never seen that. Their mascots, it's so much more fun than than uh, our baseball than the United States baseball. Cuz they're the mascots are always like fighting each other. They're like boxing each other in the middle of the field. And then it's kind of like a Japanese game show. It's like, um, yeah, Japanese game, a Japanese game show meets a, a baseball. It's, it's almost just, it's like a minor league baseball, but even more extreme, you know, just ramped it up to the next level. Because <laughs> minor league baseball will have some, some funny funny in-between inning promotion competitions I've always that's on my bucket list for sure is to compete in a minor league baseball in-between inning competition I would love to do that that'd be a fun job actually to be like a the host or promoter or whatever you call it for a minor league baseball team you just get a you get to talk about, not not talk about, but be the host for all those, all those events. That'd be so fun. You get to announce people like throwing cheeseburgers and 
basketball hoops, <laughs> reeling in dead fish. Oh, those! I wonder if more of those should be food related, like pie eating contests, apple pie eating contests, because baseball. Um, you could have some fun stuff. Popcorn, kettle corn. Not kettle. What's Cracker Jacks? That'd be a good one. A Cracker Jack eating contest <laughs> for a minor league baseball competition. I would like that. But I minor league baseball in some ways is more fun to go to the game than major league baseball. I which reminds me when I went to the Everett Aqua Sox, which is rookie. It's like single A rookie. And my buddy, my buddy from growing up, Brian McAfee, uh, pitched for that team. And I went to their game with my brother, Nick. That was a f- couple years ago. But that was, the weird thing about that, um, we went to that game. And then, I don't know why, but my brother wanted to leave. I think we stayed for like a couple innings maybe like an hour or so, a few innings. And then my brother was just like, all right, <laughs> I'm ready to go. And I was like, okay, because he drove, so whatever. Um, I usually stay a little longer, but <laughs> that's all right. And I also, I walked right by Doug McPhee. But that was another one of those instances where I walked right by someone, someone I knew and I don't know. I don't know if he saw me, but neither of us said anything. Though <laughs> it was one of those times. But let's see, minor league baseball. Yeah, that was fun though. Going to that game. I love going to minor league baseball games, but I like going to Mariners games too. Um, all baseball games, but minor league just it amps it up to the next level. Just because it brings a whole game show element. That would be a fun TV show. Like a game show, minor league baseball, minor league baseball game show. So, how would this work? <laughs> minor league b-ball, I'm writing this down, game show. Um, You'd have to have like the host. The host could be like the coach. Oh, the players. Oh, okay. They could scrimmage. So you could have some people... You'd have actual minor league baseball players come on and scrimmage each other. And the host is a former minor league baseball coach. Um, only minor league baseball, no professional, of course. And yeah, the players, they come on, they scrimmage. And then in between the innings, how would they, how would they scrimmage in a studio? This isn't... No, I like the idea of... Excuse me, so no baseball... <laughs> I like, I'm trying to get them to play baseball. They're not playing baseball. But it is former minor league baseball players. This would be on Spike. Spike TV. Yeah. This is definitely a Spike show. Um, former minor league baseball players just come in. And they do these ridiculous competitions. Like all the events that they get to watch people doing normally. They don't have to do them. They're just watching from the dugout. Watching from the bullpen. From the safety of the sideline, um, they have to do them. They're getting fish out of water. Is that what I'm saying? Big fish, big fish in a little pond. 
little fish in the big pond. But I guess they are fish out of water because cause they're no they're just used to playing baseball. They're not used to. But they what am I talking? They'd probably be way better. They're professional athletes, so I'm sure they'd be good at the silly competitions. I like that. That's a fun TV show. And it's hosted by a former minor league baseball coach. <laughs> I wonder, <clears throat> they probably wouldn't be a very good coach, uh, host. You might have to get, maybe like Burt Kreischer or something would host it. Um, or some, <laughs> I was going to say some, um, man, that's, that's, too, that's sad because the first, the first comedian, uh, baseball comedian I thought of, uh, you got it, Brody Stevens. Uh, yes, eight one eight till I die. That's the first uh, baseball comedian I thought of. Let's let's see if there's any other like baseball. Oh, you know who could host it? Um, batting stance guy. That's who. That's who could host it. Batting stance guy is so funny. Um, definitely look up. He's all over YouTube. He, all he does is <laughs> all he does. I'm trying to minimize it. Um, he pretty much knows every single person who's ever played professional baseball. He knows their batting stance. And it's so... I mean, I couldn't call him on it, though, because I don't know all these people's batting stances. But I, mean, I know some of the more popular ones, like or the more unique ones, like uh, Gary Sheffield, how he, he whacks the bat back and forth. Like he's... He he looks like he's trying to. He he's like a baby with one of those rattle toys, you know. He's just rattling a, he's just rattling a toy, or um, Kevin Euclid, how he, he holds, he does like the, the three point the okay sign and he kind of holds the bat, um, weird like very weirdly, and then he lowers his hand at the last moment, or what's another, another unique stance. Trying to just think of one. Oh, Ichiro. Ichiro's got a... I love how he he points the bat at the pitcher. Like like he's like um, Harry Potter just putting a spell on him. That's how he just points the bat. Just very delicately. And then he... I love how he just places it down. He he puts the bat down like like it's the egg. Like an, an egg contest. <laughs> I had trouble saying that. Um... What's an egg contest? You know, like one of those egg races. He's trying to... Uh, <laughs> I had trouble articulating my point there. He looks like he's laying down like a basket of eggs. Basically. A basket. A carton of eggs. An Easter basket. An egg basket. Speaking of which, make sure to listen to the, the egg basket episodes... Where I talk about um, my my experience doing the Easter Bunny over in Bellevue, over at Bellevue Square last month. Um, let's see. So, wait, where are we? Oh, I wanted to say NBA courtside seats. Because I was talking about seat location. I think courtside seats for for the NBA are the best seats in the house. That's like exactly where you want to be. I I would way rather <clears throat> if I if I had my druthers, I would way rather sit like mid court. I would just sit mid court courtside. 
than versus sitting up there in the suites because you're kind of you're just too separated from from the game being up there in the suites because I think basketball is just one of the sports that like you want to be immersed in the in the competition kind of just kind of get like the pit they could throw the ball at you but it's not the same as baseball though because baseball those balls are coming fast like basketball you're probably not going to get nailed by like a super super fast pass unless some players just being an a-hole or something (laughs) he just gets annoyed by you or it's like dodgeball that scene in dodgeball where was it like the kids like eating a hot dog and drinking a, a giant soda and just gets and White Goodman just nails him with a dodgeball. <laughs> but that's one of my favorite movies of all time. And another movie in my DVD collection alongside Clueless. Um but yeah, basketball, not much not not as much danger sitting courtside versus uh baseball. Like only I would say uh if uh Shaq or like a shack sized fella, if he came barreling your way and he, you know, like uh, turned into like a runaway train, you know how those big guys have trouble slowing down once they get going. <laughs> so if if Shaq was coming at you and you you better be paying attention because I've yeah you've seen videos of Shaq like accidentally just you know like running into the stands or. Jumping, leaping into the stands, doing the Superman. You know how Shaq is his nickname, Superman. And I don't get how Dwight Howard also claims to be Superman, but he's kind of the same. He tried kind of tried to be the next Shaq almost, same style player, but not even close. But uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to talk trash about Dwight Howard, but I think everyone knows that he, he's no Shaq. But he made he made us compare him to Shaq, cause did he claim the Superman nickname? I don't know if it was one of those situations where, like a uh, Kobe and Black Mamba, how uh, Kobe gave himself the nickname Black Mamba. I don't know if Dwight Howard gave himself the nickname Superman, but I would assume he did, just cause it wouldn't make any sense for the general public to give him that nickname. Since Shaq was Superman. But I guess Shaq has so many nicknames. He's like Shaq Fu, Sh- the Shaqtis. Uh, the big, you know, the big fundamental is uh, Tim Duncan. He's, he has so many nicknames. Oh, Big Diesel. Shaq Diesel, Big Diesel. That might be the one that I call him, that I most identify with Shaq. But he's also Superman, though. I think Superman was his first nickname. That was like the original nickname for Shaq. But anyway, if you're courtside, you just have to watch out for for big men running you over. I think that might be your biggest your biggest obstacle there. But let's see. I would love that's definitely on the bucket list too. Sit courtside at an NBA game. Oh, that would just that'd be so cool. Sit next to Jack Nicholson. Or I was Jack Nick. It's not Jack Nicholas. It's not. It's not the Golden Bear. The old golfer. Uh, I get those guys mixed up though. But if I was sitting next to Jack Nicholson, I would have to rock the sunglasses too. 
I'd have to rock the sunglasses inside, even though that's it's such a it's not blow it's kind of blowhardy, but I don't know it's very uh, confident I should I should say you kind of have to earn it almost like if I wore sunglasses at an NBA game, I might get questioned like I might an usher might pull me out and be like, "Why are you wearing sunglasses? What are you What are you doing in here?" But Jack Nicholson could do it, or any celebrity. I don't know. Does this Does this theory make sense? <laughs> Would I get I get handcuffed? I guess get pulled out of my seat because I'm just sitting there in sunglasses, like a Man in Black or something. Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne's not really known for wearing sunglasses. All right. <laughs> anyway. Let's um all right, let's finish that AMC triple feature, why don't we? So after year one, we hopped on over, sprinted on over. Probably we probably actually did run over, because I bet this this second movie had already started. This this classic comedy. It's more like just a classic movie. One of the best movies of all time. Definitely one of the best comedies of all time. And one of the funniest movies. I'm talking about uh, Brody Stevens. I just mentioned him. Um, he's in this one. Uh, we talked about it in his episode. Episode 3 of A Star Is Born. It is The Hangover. Um, this is a great movie. I don't have... I don't know what else I can say about it. Uh, other than I wish... I I wish they would never have even done sequels of this movie. Just the sequels were just so terrible. I don't think I saw the third one, but I heard the third one was even worse than the second one. And the second one was terrible too. Cuz it's not that it was bad necessarily, but it's they ripped off their first movie. They they ripped off themselves. And it's because if you remember, the second one is basically the same template and almost the same, the same movie as the first one, but just substitute Thailand. It's in Thailand instead of Las Vegas. And then there's that tiny little monkey that's from uh, probably the same one from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, I would think. I don't, <laughs> speaking of animal actors, I don't know how many tiny little monkeys what is it like a capuchin monkey or something whatever kind tiny little monkey that is I don't know how many there are in Hollywood how many superstars there are but let's see I, I'm so curious about that I want to see uh, the hangover to the hangover to the monkey what kind of monkey is it god the hangover 2 is so bad like, what were they even... I was going to say, what were they thinking? But what were they? Crystal the monkey. Oh, it is a capuchin monkey. Dang. Somebody... I know my monkeys over here. I know my animal actors. This is actual, actually an animal actress. Um, let's see if it was the same one that was in... Pirates of the Caribbean. No. Oh my gosh. This, this, <laughs> Crystal the monkey has been in so many different things, though. 
holy Toledo, but not Pirates of the Caribbean. Standing at the height of one foot seven, lives in Los Angeles County. I like nowhere specific, just <laughs> roams the county. <laughs> I like that. Probably doesn't even live in a house, just walks around the county. Uh, Tom Gunderson is the owner. That sounds like a guy who owns a pet, a pet monkey. <laughs> Tom Gunderson. <laughs> oh my God. You're never going to guess how old this monkey is. This, this monkey is, guess how old the monkey is. Wherever you are listening, uh, at home, at work, at the gym, on a train or a plane, on a bus, on a walk, walking your pet monkey, um, guess how old Crystal the monkey is? Uh, born May 6th, 1994. 25 years old. What? That's insane. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what these capuchin monkeys, I didn't, let's see how long they live. That seems, um, seems like a long time. Etymology, classification, physical cares. What? How come it doesn't? <laughs> all right, all right. Google, you're gonna be like that. Google, I'm gonna go capuchin. I don't get how on Wikipedia. It seems like one of the first things on Wikipedia. Capuchin monkey for sale. I wonder if there's any Pullman. Probably not. I would guess lifespan. I would really doubt it. There being a capuchin monkey on the Palouse. <laughs> probably Spokane which is uh, about an hour and a half north 80 miles north but that's your your closest bet for a capuchin monkey which lives an average lifespan only 15 to 25 years so uh, poor Crystal the monkey she's uh, she's pushing it she's pushing the envelope <laughs> or envelope you say envelope or envelope um, man, hope let's get her in some more movies, why don't we? Come on. All right, here's some of the stuff that Crystal Monkeys. Georgia the Jungle was her first monk, her first monkey, her first movie. Georgia the Jungle, wow, coming out with a bang. Who was in? Oh, Brendan Fraser, of course. I'm sure I watched that movie as a kid. 1997. I was four. Probably right in my wheelhouse. Uh, Doctor Doolittle, George, George, George of the Jungle. Is that how that? I think that's how that went. Doctor Doolittle, American Pie, Terror Tract. Um, Doctor Doolittle Two. This reminds me. Terror Tract reminds me of something I was thinking about earlier today. Fear Factor. <laughs> it's how is it only Fear Factor? Cause I. I think they should call that show like Fear Fully, like Full Fear, because the things they make them do on that, they make them walk on that tightrope over like tall buildings or drink bull semen or <laughs> swim with a great white shark or you, have you seen like Get Out of Quicksand? That's, that's like one of the t competitions in Fear Factor. It's like save yourself from quicksand without dying but <laughs> i think they should call it full fearfully 
That's that was my idea today. I was kicking that around because I realized that when you go to the rec center, when I go to the to the gym, I walk there. It's about a twenty five minute walk. Then I walk back, twenty five minutes back, and I didn't bring my phone. I just left my phone here. So that's just a very good time for me to just. It's I think it's good. Here's my advice. Here's a little life hack for you. Um, definitely separate yourself. Um, establish a time period each day, every single day, even if it's only one hour. But just make that time period that you're going to separate yourself from your cell phone, from all technology. I would just not not look at any technology, even though I was watching... I was watching the TVs a little bit for like a couple minutes when I was stretching at the gym, if I'm going to be completely honest. Follow the rules of the podcast. Be honest. Where are the other rules of the podcast? I wrote them down right here. Um, Let's see. Honesty. Do not speak the rules. (laughs) I guess I'm breaking that rule right now. Stay hydrated. Oh, I got to get a sip of water. Um, Take breaks when needed. Just did that. Do not say the the new name for Safeco Field, and be positive. But um, <laughs> wait, what was I just saying? I was saying the rules of the podcast. Be honest. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I didn't want to do that. Oh yeah, I was saying fear factor. Oh yeah, separate yourself from your cell phone each day. Um, for yeah, for like an hour or so couple hours, a few hours, I would, more power to you if you can do it longer, or even whole days, what was this, this was May of 20, May of 2017, I believe, yeah, May 2017, I, I spent like nine, nine times, nine times, no, I think I spent nine or ten days just not looking at my cell phone. At, I I literally put my cell phone. I like when people say literally, but I literally did this. I put my cell phone down, face down, on on the carpet, just next to my bed, <laughs> next to my mattress on the ground, of course, um, just like this one. I got this air mattress on the ground here. It's been working out well. Excuse me, but um, yeah, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but this time I'm just saying how how good this time. It felt like I cleared my head so much I think I got a lot of writing done in that time period oh but my mom oh speak of my mom happy birthday happy birthday mom today uh, it was just Mother's Day two days ago now happy birthday to my mom Kelly Arneson. Um but yeah she was worried about me because she texted me and I didn't text her back but I I emailed her before I did it but she apparently didn't check the email in that time period. Probably like like most people, probably don't check their email that much. But um, I just checked my email today, and I had Microsoft Word. I had another renewal. I have all these renewals coming up. Microsoft Word. Um, yeah, seventy bucks. But I was like, I gotta get, I gotta get Word. I gotta have Word on my computer. <laughs> just even even for something as simple as like 
a resume or something or everything. I'm a writer. What am I talking about? I can't shy away from Microsoft Word. That's that's your bread and butter. I got all these documents. Oh, I have so many like half-finished books and just stuff sitting around that that I've written but not edited or done anything with. But all that stuff. And um yeah, happy birthday to mom. I wonder what she's doing for her birthday. Probably probably having some pizza, if I'd have to guess. Um she sent me what was it an emoji? Where are those emojis of the people? You know how people make the it's like a personal emoji of you. And there's a special name for it. It's like a me emoji or something. But I can't remember what it is right now. But she's got one of those. And my dad's got one of those too. And she sent me one this morning that was a heart-shaped pizza. So if I had to guess, I bet she is uh, making her own pizza at home probably. Um, But yeah, happy birthday, ma'am. And um, let's see, what was I just talking? AMC. Oh yeah, she was so worried about me though when I didn't when I didn't contact her. I mean, I wasn't doing it on purpose. I sent an email. I emailed her before because I thought that she would check it, but I guess I thought that older people would check their email more. You know, isn't that an older person thing? Maybe <laughs> I don't know, but nope. She was yeah. She was saying she was worried, so I felt pretty bad about that, but. Still, though, I felt like a Phil Jackson-level Zen master, just Buddha, Buddha-level, you know, like uh, on my jet ski on Flathead Lake. That's, <laughs> I think he lives up there. That's why, that's why I mentioned that. And also, I did ride a jet ski on Flathead Lake. That was a great family vacation on the way home from Great Falls. This is up in Montana. Up at the National Park. I think Flathead Park is a national. I think it's national instead of state. But, alright, let's get back to the AMC Twill feature. So, The Hangover. Yep, great movie. And after The Hangover, we skipped on over. Cartwheeled on over. Across the aisle. The Hangover was on the far side of the theater. In Theater 9. And year one was in theater six, right next to the arcade, which was right next to the concessions. So we uh, walked by the concessions, uh, probably didn't buy anything because we were just sophomore, sophomores in high school with no money. And um, yeah, we after the hangover, went to Land of the Last. So this was even worse than year one. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Man, man, land of the lost turbo. But that's what Charles Barkley has to say about it. <laughs> I miss watching, I miss watching Charles Barkley on TNT after after uh, basketball games. Cause that's what I miss. That's probably what I miss most about not having TV here at the apartment. It's not being able to watch the NBA playoffs and then Charles and Shaq and Ernie and Kenny the Jet. That's they do it. They do it right, cause it's not. It's the most relaxed show I've ever seen, cause it's not like a normal talk show. It's just, 
just completely like they're just hanging it's just like friends just hanging out together pretty much and just talking about they just happen to be talking about the NBA but um I mean they just happen to be former NBA players except for uh, Ernie Ernie but um I would definitely recommend all basketball fans out there all you basketball fans who have not discovered I would guess that you probably have seen Inside the NBA before though cuz it's pretty well known pretty well known in basketball circles it's definitely the best it's just the best basketball talk show of all time the only other the only other person in basketball who I can even compare to it um in the announcing department is Bill Walton <laughs> but he doesn't do NBA he does uh college but I love Bill Walton um I'm trying to think of what would a Bill Walton I was in my <laughs> in my house my, my my house in San Diego. No, I can't do it. <laughs> San Diego. Um, no. The Inca Mayans. <laughs> That's a tough I have no idea how Bill Walton impression um I have no idea how you would do that. That's tough. That's a toughie. Man, I got my my shark. Shark. Shark to the fool. Hey man, hey Charles, listen to me. You listen to me, Chuck, Chuck, Ernie. <laughs> That's my Shaq impression. <laughs> Jeff Bridges, dude. Jeff Bridges inside the NBA is the greatest basketball show of all time, dude. Man, I watched that show. Drink a white Russian, dude. It ties the whole room together, man. <laughs> I think that's not that bad. I like to think. I have to say the name of the person. Uh, I'm doing an impression of them just to make sure that you know you know it's Jeff Bridges man but I think it's not that bad <laughs> I don't know um, Inside the NBA is a great show and unfortunately I did not enjoy the movie Land of the Lost uh, but we talked about it very first episode of A Star is Born Will, Will Ferrell to kick off the whole the whole podcast series, man. That's my Duncan Trestle, man. Let's see his podcast, man. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Anti-troll feature. We talked about Clueless. We did the anti-troll feature. What else did we need to do this? Oh, we want to talk about 2007 Midwest baseball trip picture here. So let's see. This is also on Instagram. On my Instagram at Chris Arneson eight, check out this picture, and it's also the episode image. So let's start top left, and let's just go clockwise from there. I like this picture, top left. This is just—it's a close-up. It's just a close-up on on me and my cousin, and um, yeah, funny picture. We're just smiling, and then the next one—it's like some feel dreams. Children of the Corn stuff. Man, this is some tall corn. This is like the stuff in Interstellar. We're we're standing in front of these these corn stalks and we look I look to be about about half as tall as a corn stalk. That's insane. These are some big old corns. But I can't imagine like driving a car through that or something. Like, if you lost control of your car and you're just 
driving through a field of corn. Oh my god. That's, <laughs> that's like a nightmare of mine. <laughs> but I can see why, um... I don't know why that's funny. It's not funny. That would be a disaster. That's definitely a sad story. For sure. But I can see why corn mazes are a popular thing. Or, um... Like a thing in scary movies, you know? Corn. Like, why is corn scary? It's because it's, it's so tall. And it's tall. And it's uniform. It's just, it all looks the same. So, it's just, it's like the desert. You just spin around in a circle. And you lose your sense of direction. You don't know where you are. But, that's corn. Corn's scary. Maybe because it's so healthy, too. <laughs> that might be one of the aspects. It's it can get in your teeth. Dentists are scared of it. Four and five dentists don't recommend corn. But <laughs> that might be why. Um, I don't know. Corn is scary. <laughs> corn mazes. Why it's definitely the best thing to make out of a maze. Like what what else do you make a maze out of? I mean I mean, tree, you could do like a tree maze, but that's kind of the same as corn. You could do a car maze. That'd be fun. I could see that in like a museum of cars scenario, like in Detroit, like the Ford Museum or something. Get an old, a car maze. That'd be cool. I like that. That's a... That, that's a good recommendation for um, a junkyard. They can make a car maze. <laughs> that would be a fun a tourist attraction. That's how you turn your junkyard into a tourist attraction. There you go. There you go. That'd be a great TV show. Like a reality show. Maybe on the Travel Network. The Travel Channel. Or Discovery. I just go around and figure out ways to to make businesses that would normally be like completely like undesirable like normally not customers <laughs> they customers would not go to like a junkyard but I just go around and figure out how to make them tourist attractions like I just go to like an abandoned shed and I'm like this could be an escape room Let's let's make this an escape room right here. Let's get some lasers on these walls. Let's get a disco ball up there. Let's get an escape room slash slash party. Just a party room. That'd be kind of fun. That's a good business idea. Just kind of the same vein as a party bus. But an escape room. It's kind of a party bus meets escape room. But you you'd be able to get out of it. You won't be trapped in it. But why couldn't you rent out a room? Some some sort of like office space. Speaking of office space, like they party in that movie. But not really in the office, do they? I'm talking... You should... (laughs) I think maybe I'm thinking of office Christmas party. Maybe that's the inspiration for this. For this rant. But that'd be kind of cool. Maybe for... For like birthday parties, anniversaries, um, just all sorts of fancy football drafts. Just maybe rent out an office space or some sort of convention center, <laughs> warehouse. 
don't know. That might be a little boring. <laughs> you might have to bring some stuff in there to spice it up, like a, like a basketball hoop or something, or like a pinball machine or a ping pong ping pong table. Something. I don't know. <laughs> rent a party. It could be called rent a party. I think that's not a bad idea. Just an office space. That's all you would need. Would be <laughs> here's your here's your start start this business. Just an office space, and then I just keep saying office space. <laughs> it's not the movie though. This could be the sequel. This could be Office Space too. And they just rent rent it out for parties. And there could be just different parties going on at the same time. Like, one room, you got a bachelor party. Another room, you got an anniversary. You got a, you got a bar mitzvah going on in one room. You got a college graduation going in another room. A retirement party is going on out back. You got a rooftop pool. I think that sounds like a fun idea. I think that's a great idea. I mean... That's worthy of writing it down. Um, party, what would we call this? Like a party, I'm just gonna say party office space. That's how, <laughs> that's how, that's how you remember that um, business. I, w- I would like to, if I ever go on Shark Tank, I might have to pitch that one. Cause it seems like it would have a super low overhead. Cause all you would need would just to rent out the area. And just allow people to bring stuff in. But you wouldn't... You could just leave open rooms. You guys you guys get what I'm saying. This is... This is a good idea. What would it be called? <laughs> um, pencil... <laughs> what would this place... What would this place be? Staples. 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 <laughs> party Central. The Party Store. Party Staples. I think you just combine the Party Store... <laughs> and staples and just call it party staples the party staples store there you go <laughs> but it's not it's more of an office though so it's kind of but staples staples implies office um i i like it the party staples store i think that's funny i think i'm gonna write it down the party staples oh my pencils i need to sharpen Good thing I have one of those portable sharpeners. Because I like just combining stuff. I think it's kind of funny sometimes. It's not the most creative. The party staples store. <laughs> um, Alright, so Crystal the monkey. What else was she in? Gosh, she's made a lot of stuff. We are getting way off track here. Oh, I forgot that we were talking. Alright, so we're talking corn. We're talking Crystal the monkey. I got We got a lot of plates spinning right now. Speaking of spinning plates and juggling balls, I was doing that on my birthday before the uh, the crazy birthday blow up that that I talked about. That I had a the pizza coop. Um, I was juggling. I was just in the backyard, three tennis balls, actually doing a pretty good job. Kind of figuring out. I think the longest I went was probably. 30, probably like, in, I would say time passes slowly in juggling time, you know. It might seem like five minutes, but you're probably only going 20 seconds. So I'm going to say in juggling time, uh, 
yeah, 20 seconds, probably the longest I had had to go in, but that's pretty solid. For someone who hasn't done that in years, I'm patting myself on the back right now. Literally just patting myself on the back. <laughs> that's a juggling pat in the back. A circus. My chances of being in the circus are still, still slim. I still got a chance. Man, a circus. I would like to... I would like to do a circus, but expand it and make it more like hipster, kind of, kind of like hipster farmers market meets like a music meets like Coachella, meets the circus. I think that'd be kind of a fun. <laughs> what am I even talking? That'd be a cool event though. Is that what Burning Man? Is? Maybe that's what Burning Man already is. They might already have that that market unlock. Um, let's see. So that second picture. I like how this second picture of uh, my cousin, my cousin Matt and I, we're both, we're repping the blue Chicago Cubs, Chicago, the Cubbies shirts. It's a classic look in front of this giant stalks of corn. It's Jack and the Giant corn stock. <laughs> Why is it Jack and the Giant bean stock? Should be... Should be a corn stock. Um, let's see. James and the giant corn. <laughs> Alright. Now we're just having fun. Now we're just having fun. What if I was just talking about the band corn this whole time? I'm <laughs> just it's just cardboard cutouts. I'm talking about corn with a K. Cardboard cutouts of just a bunch of white dudes with cornrows. But no, not cornrows, uh dreadlocks. Dreadlocks. Um, that's what the corn guys have. Are those guys? I wonder if they're still making new music. Let's see if corn. I have a feeling that. I've got. A, I got a feeling. Ooh, that tonight's gonna be a good night. I got a feeling. I was just gonna search. I got a feeling. Google. Uh, corn. New corn album. What? They just came out with a new album. Apparently, according to Kerrang! Exclamation point. They say it's so special. Unless that's, unless that's the name of the album. It might be. The name might be so special. Let's see what it's called. Um, 20... I can't believe Korn is still making new music. Dang, their first album was... 1994... How come it's not in there? Alright, do I have to click on the new corn album? Kerrang.com. Let's see. It's been five months since Jonathan Davis started recording vocals for new corn album. When is this thing from? Okay, so. Yes, yeah, a follow up to their 2016 album. Which was called the Serenity of Suffering. <laughs> oh my God, that's that sounds like the an episode of the Twilight Zone, <laughs> the Serenity of Suffering. What a name! What a name! God, I love I love that. So, <laughs> the guy who such a moody, a moody character who named that. Um, okay, I can't figure out what the name of this new album is, so I'm not gonna worry about that anymore. Alright, so 
that's enough corn talk. Enough, enough corn on the cob. But speaking of corn on the cob, I do love those little, the little corn holders. We had uh, little cows, you know, you know, little corn holders. I would recommend picking up some little, little farm animals or something. Some of the fun, spice up your corn life, your <laughs> spice up your corn eating experience. Ooh, what was it? I put on. This isn't corn, but when I'm eating watermelon, <laughs> this is kind of random. But speaking of spicing up. I put on like some cayenne. I think it's cayenne, but it's so. That's what another life hack for you. Another tip, food tip. Um, some cayenne. I don't. I think it's cayenne sugar, something like that. Um, on your watermelon, it's delicious. But there you go. This isn't a food podcast either. Though. What am I? What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? Oh yeah, that's right. I'm doing me. I'm doing me. I'm living life right now, and that's what I'm gonna do till it's over, till it's over, but far from over. Drake. Oh, and speaking of Drake, um, in the NBA update, I was just talking about Game Seven, the Raptors game that was in Toronto, and there's. Something called the Drake curse, which is, I guess, kind of a curse on Toronto sports or just teams he cheers for. I think they're known for losing because he's a fan of like Kentucky. I think he's probably a Yankees fan. What's his NBA team? What's Drake? Might be the Lakers. No, what am I saying? It's the Raptors. (laughs) Of course, it's the Raptors. But um, his NFL team. What's his NFL team? Um, probably the Cowboys. I think Drake's NFL team's the Cowboys, but that's what I'm saying. That's pretty much all the, the national teams, Cowboys, Yankees, Kentucky, but then, but then he reps the Canadian, the Toronto, with the Raptors, and um, probably to a lesser extent the Blue Jays. I don't know if, I don't know if Drake's a big Blue Jays fan. I bet he is, but. He's definitely known for being a Raptors fan. And he wore a pair of Philadelphia 76ers shorts to Game 7 as a way of reverse jinxing the Raptors. So, and it turned out it worked. So, got to give Drake credit. Let's give Drake credit for that one. Um, there we go. I just, I just wanted to mention that. I thought that was funny. I like reverse jinxes, too. And I always think it's funny when people are, like, big fans of sports teams. It usually is sports fans who are, like, super, super, <laughs> super superstitious. Like, very superstitious people. It's always, like, they wear, like, the same jersey for three weeks straight. If their team's doing well. Or don't change underwear for a month or something. Or, you know, don't brush your teeth for two blue moons. After drinking a six-pack of Blue Moon. Um, yeah, superstitions. They're funny. But I wonder if it's kind of a trickle-down effect from the athletes. Because so many professional athletes are very superstitious. Especially baseball players. I think baseball players 
might be the most superstitious athletes. Kind of their, like how Noma, Noma, Gassipara, Noma, in between each and every single pitch, he would undo his batting gloves and redo them after every single pitch. But I think they actually changed the rules. So they, didn't they change the rules to speed up the game so they wouldn't allow hitters to step out of the batter's box? If they didn't do that, Commissioner Rob Manfred, you're listening. Someone send this to Commissioner Rob Manfred. Um, We'll speed up the game even more. Don't let the batters step out of the batter's box. I like how there's a, I love how there's a, a pitcher's clock, like a play clock on the pitcher. I enjoy that. Just any way to speed up the game in baseball. Make it more fluid, you know? Make it, give us more flow. Because that was always a problem. They shouldn't, oh, here's a rule that I would recommend. A rule change would be um, if you come in for pitcher's change, unless you're injured, you have to stay in for one full inning. Unless you come out, unless you are, like, unless you have to come out because of an injury. You have to stay in as a pitcher for one full inning. Unless, I guess that's that's a tough rule because you have to, let's just say you have to stay in for not one full inning, but three batters. There we go. That's more fair. Three batters. Because if you watch, uh, if you watch baseball these days, <clears throat> you have all these relief specialists and left-hand specialists and all that and they'll come in for a matchup a single batter the bring in, bring in a pitcher for a single batter you know how the the manager will come out and point at his left arm like you don't even that's one thing i like about baseball um the old school part about it how they're like we're not going to use technology we could just text or something or I mean, they do have a bullpen phone, but they still do that thing where they point, the manager comes out of the dugout and points at his left arm or his right arm to indicate which pitcher in the dugout or in the bullpen he wants to bring into the game. I love that. <laughs> I just like the, it's like sign language, it's like sign language almost, but I guess you do that and um, the third base coach does it when he gives signs to the runner and the hitter. So... Baseball is a lot. Baseball is the best sport for people, for deaf people, I guess. It's, it just makes sense. Baseball is the easiest sport for deaf people to play because they're already doing sign language out there. Like, the, the coaches are already doing sign language. So, it's the next logical step. But that just makes, that's just logical right there. Excuse me. I have so many, what was I saying? So, I was saying... <laughs> now I, I lost myself now. I was saying um, how, oh my goodness, how in baseball, oh yes, how they just bring in the relief pitchers for one batter. Yeah, I just don't like that. I don't think any fans like that, really. Just bring in a pitcher for, because it slows down the game so much. When you have like five pitching changes on each team, that's what makes the games last so long, so... I don't know. I'm not really... It's not that annoying if you're watching on TV. But maybe if you go to the game, you might want to get out of there a little early. 
don't want to stay till like eleven o'clock at night or something. Because yeah, it's baseball games. It's a cliche, but they long they're long games, you know. <laughs> we we get it. Baseball games are long games. It's not that they're long. It's that you don't know how long they're gonna be. It could be two hours. It could be four hours. You have no idea. It's a roll of the dice. It's baseball roulette. It's the biggest gamble of any of any sporting event. Going to a baseball game is the biggest gamble. Just because, like, just like we were talking about earlier, how you could be sitting in a a seat in the hot zone, as it were. Um, I need, I'm gonna stand up and get some. I need some coffee. Get some. So my, got my squeaky chair. My square is so, my square, my chair is so so squeaky. You sip with that good, that good old creme brulee. Great value coffee. <laughs> like I'm giving free advertisements to Walmart right now, but that's where you shop when you're in Pullman. You either go Safeway or Walmart, and I'm not about to go to that overpriced, overrated. Safeway. <laughs> I have like a beef with Safeway. No, I don't have beef with Safeway. In fact, I get my beef at Safeway. No. <laughs> that was, so, that was a, such a dad joke right there. No. I haven't bought beef for a while. I haven't, haven't bought. Except for uh, if you consider cheeseburgers at McDonald's, I guess. That's beef. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's make baseball more exciting. I'm just, I'm voting for, oh, I think they should just bring up the Meyer League. Here's a good way to make Major League Baseball more exciting. Bring up the Minor League promotions, the in-between inning promotions. Let's just make that a Major League thing. Like, why not? Why not? It, it works at the Minor League level. It'll work at the Major League level. I'm standing up right now because I'm about to take another break. I've drank all. I've drank a lot of coffee today, so I think I'm a little dehydrated. And also, all I've ate is had a big old bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios, knockoff Honey Nut Cheerios with um a banana in them. That's a little with with milk, of course. But that's another good tip for you: a banana with your cereal, delicious. But yeah, I think I'm a little dehydrated. Gotta go. Use a little bathroom again, so I'm gonna go on break. I'm on break. I'm on break. So I'll be right back. Enjoy your break. I can get this. Oop! I can click into this. This thingy, thing, my bopper. It's not even dehydrated. Just a little overhydrated. So I um, guess I've been drinking too much water. I think it's because I haven't ate much though. I have this weird thing where if I don't eat that much, it just I feel liquid just go through me. Like it's like um Pirates of Caribbean um Captain Barbosa. You know, when he becomes a skeleton, you know, when all the all the pirates become dead and then he he chugs the wine and it just goes right through him. And you just see the wine just trickling through his bones. That's that's kind of how I feel when I don't eat much. <laughs> There's a little a little picture for you. But um, all right, where were we? Let's get back to all oh, this picture. So this other picture, bottom right. We're going clockwise. We're going bottom right picture. 
I'm on the phone. <laughs> I look like I look like a sports agent or something making an important call. And you can see it, the anger in my eyes, just how annoyed I am at the person. It's probably my grandma. Probably my grandma taking this picture. Grandma Doreen. <laughs> but I'm also wearing a University of Washington Huskies shirt. So the rival, my future rival of the WSU Cougs. So I don't like that. <laughs> I, to be fair, though, they were the regional team. I grew up, growing up in Bothell, only 20 minutes away from University of Washington. So, as the crow flies, um, let's see. Yeah, and the mats there, wearing this Oakland A's hat. I'm wearing my Cleveland Indian Chief Wahoo hat. That I wonder if they're ever going <clears> to <throat> get rid of that logo. Man, that whole... The whole Redskin, Chiefs. No one really complains about the Kansas City Chiefs. But it's all about the the Redskins and the Indians. Those are two that get... Because I could see how <laughs> Chief Wahoo, the logo, the Cleveland Indian logo, logo, it does look kind of... It's like a racist caricature. So um, it makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how up in arms Native Americans are about it. Because I remember just seeing polls. I have no idea. I don't really. I don't care either way. If they keep the name or switch it, doesn't doesn't really make a difference. Doesn't doesn't change the sport or the nature of the sport. They're still the same team playing in the same town. So call them whatever you want, you know? But I think... From from um, surveys and, like, stats I've heard, just kind of my general memory, I'm pretty sure I've heard that most Native Americans don't... It's probably generalization, but I've heard most Native Americans don't really care about, like, the Redskins or Indians. I don't know. <laughs> I could be completely wrong, though. So, I, I don't know. Um, let's see. Bottom left. This is a good picture. I mean, it's, it's really grainy. I think I remember exactly what happened in this picture. So, let me describe it. I'm standing on a gravel road, and my hands are on my head, but I'm just a dark figure. Like, I look like Slender Man, or I'm in like a Freddy 13th nightmare or something. I look pretty scary, though. You can't see my face at all. You can just see... I'm like a stick figure. And, uh... In, in the shadow, the shadows. Standing Chicago Cub in the shadows. <laughs> Doug Benson doing Bane. That's my impression of Doug Benson doing impression of Bane. No. <laughs> but if you didn't know, Doug Benson played the voice of Bane in uh, Lego... Lego Batman movie, which I have not seen. I heard those movies are good. Lego movies. But yes, I'm standing on the gravel road. Got my hands on my head. Dark figure. Can't see my face. Super scary. My cousin is standing closer to the camera. Um, looking at the camera. And there's trees on either side of me. 
kind of creating the shadows, the shadowy effect. And what I believe happened in this picture from my memory, I bet, I bet, we were playing catch with a baseball and we probably threw it. One of us must have thrown it in the bushes or something. Because that's why my hands would be on my head like that. And I remember that that's one of the things that we would do on that trip. As, as you can see in the top right picture, we have... I don't know if both of us have our baseball gloves. I'm sure both of us brought our gloves. But it looks like only Matt... Only Matt... Cousin Matt has his baseball glove in that picture. But I am holding a baseball. So <laughs> my guess is that... In the bottom left picture, we must have lost that baseball. And I'm probably upset. I'm pro that's probably my upset, shadowy figure, f body, body language. Um, there you go. <laughs> There's the 2007 Midwest Baseball trip pictures. Find those on Instagram at chrisarneson8. Roasted garlic sesame marinated broccoli. That's a segue. <laughs> That's how you do a segue right there. Just say a recipe. This is from Cooking the Fast Way. Gonna do this. The Maywood Hills recipe book. Roasted garlic, sesame, marinade, broccoli. That's so many adjectives. That's so funny. Oh my god. Four adjectives for broccoli. That's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> it makes it sound... I guess that shows how gross broccoli is. So it's how disgusting it is. So you need to keep adding, you keep stacking these ingredients on top of it. Just first you roast it, then you throw some garlic on it, then you, that's not enough. You put some sesame on it and you marinate it. Oh, you must, oh, you marinate it in the sesame and you roast it in the garlic. Okay, that sounds delicious. Huh? Uh, two pounds of broccoli. Cut into bite-sized pieces, four tablespoons of sesame oil, six tablespoons of light soy sauce, four cloves, roasted garlic, mashed. Do the mash. Or do the garlic mash. The garlic mash. It was a vegetable smash. Okay. <laughs> Mix all ingredients. Let marinate in refrigerator. Transfer to serving bowl and enjoy. Enjoy it. There you go. Let's do one more mini recipe. I liked how short that one was. That one was so short that... Oh, here we go. Here's another good short one. Not that I would ever... Oh, here here we go. Crock-pot baked beans. That sounds good. I think that might be my favorite kind of beans. Baked ones. Like a more than... Wait, you got your brown bean? Wait, brown beans is baked beans, right? No. Is baked beans refried beans? That's the same thing. That's my favorite. My favorite are refried beans. So, are baked beans the same thing? I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted right now. <laughs> I'm corn fused. Back to corn. Corn fused. All right, we gotta see what baked beans are. There's black beans. That's what you get on like your burrito at Qdoba. You probably get black beans. Yeah. Baked beans, they're the same as refried beans. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, that's my favorite. I love some baked beans. What are Boston baked? I've heard of Boston. Boston. What are Boston baked beans? Uh, 
Oh, it's candy. Is it candy or is it Boston baked beans? What is that? Maybe let's see the candy. Um, candy. Is it the candy? Oh yeah, it is candy. You're probably like yelling at your phone right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> of course you know. Do you know how do you not know what Boston baked beans are? Um, I do not. I've heard of these, but I honestly must say, I don't think I've ever ate these. I don't even know what's in them. Delicious roasted peanuts coated in rusty, rusty red candy. I don't like the idea of my candy being described as rusty. That's, that does not sound uh, appetizing in the least. All right, Boston baked beans, rusty. <laughs> hey, want to try some of my candy? It's really rusty. It's vacation. Good talk, Rusty. Good talk. All right, but anyway, here's your crock pot of baked beans recipe. Your ingredients. We are, I mean, I, I said, um, I said, <laughs> I said, good talk, Rusty. I quoted vacation. I, I feel like I have to clarify this right now. I quote vacation. In case you're confused, in, in case you're confused, whenever I'm quoting any random movie or mentioning any movie, I reserve the right on this podcast. This is this is me taking ownership as a host of the podcast. Um, <laughs> um, I'm always gonna bring it back to movies. That's one of the rules. Oh, that is one of the rules of a Star Is Born. Is man, I'm running out of space here. I'm running out of space to write these rules. But let's see. Rule seven is um, it. Always, let's say it always comes back to movies. There we go. I'm I'm um running out of space on that pineapple post-it. The old pineapple post-it. All right. Crockpot baked beans. Half cup of brown sugar. One large red onion chopped. Six slices of bacon cut into small pieces. One small can of pineapple drained, one large bell pepper chopped, one large or two small cans of pork and beans. My favorite Weezer song. Pork and beans. Actually, it is a song. Isn't it pork and beans? I think they have a song called pork and beans, right? Weezer. Weezer. That was my favorite band. Um, Pork and beans. It's my favorite band of all time. It's growing up. Oh my god. Yeah, they do. Pork and Beans, that's right. That was a single off the Red album. Beverly Hills. I love Weezer. That was a different song, though. <laughs> Man, well, Weezer was great. Weezer's great. Alright, but anyway, cook all, but... What am I saying was? Weezer's still making music. They're still coming out with albums. Those guys are prolific Rivers Cuomo a Rivers Cuomo runs through it bring it back to movies <laughs> bring it back to movies I'm wrong Matt um, that's my Kawhi my Kawhi impression right there Kawhi Leonard alright directions cook all but last ingredient on high for two hours then add pork and beans and cook an additional two hours on high 
for a total of four hours for that recipe. Wow. You got to carve out a whole morning or afternoon for that one. Let's do one more here, one quickie. Eggplant casserole. One large eggplant, one egg, one and a quarter tablespoons of chopped onion, three tablespoons to one one quarter cup of milk, approximately 10 to 12 crushed saltine crackers, Velveeta cheese, use one inch off two pound loaf. Ooh, Velveeta. I like the Velveeta, that uh, liquidy kind of cheese. Actually, that's pretty, it's kind of nasty, but sometimes it's good though. Sometimes it's fun to be, to be naughty when you're eating, you know? When, not, not do naughty stuff while you're eating. I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, eat naughty foods. I mean, cheat on your diets. Have some gross liquid cheese on your nachos. Just change it up, you know? Eat some Boston baked beans. <laughs> Alright, here's your directions. Cook eggplant and drain. Add onion and cheese to warm mixture and then milk and crackers. Put in a buttered casserole dish and bake at 350 degrees for 30 minutes. There you go. Eggplant casserole. I don't think I've... I do not have much experience eating eggplant in my life. Like, my mom is a great... I talk about my mom being a great chef, but that's one of the things she does not use as a, an ingredient. She, I don't think she's ever really made an eggplant casserole or something. I don't know. I don't know what eggplant would even taste. Does it taste like eggs? Or, um, I don't know. I should, I'll have to try it and get back to you guys. <laughs> Alright. It seems to me, it probably, if I had to guess, if I had to predict the taste, uh, probably bland. Just kind of tasteless, I'd say. But, alright, let's get back to, where were we? First, we're in Crystal the Monkey. We're talking Crystal the Monkey movies. <laughs> we completely veered away from Matthew McConaughey. So we're on a couple other people's IMDb's right now. Um, actually, I'm on Crystal the Monkey's wiki, Wikipedia. But let's see what we got here. What else? Where do we leave off Crystal Monkey? She's been so much stuff. So, oh, Dr. Doolittle 2. Malcolm in the Middle, which was a great underrated show back in the day. Frankie Muniz. Brian Cranston before Breaking Bad. Uh, Fun with Dick and Jane, The Shaggy Dog, Night at the Museum. Oh my god, this is the monkey from Night at the Museum. I love Night at the Museum. That's actually, that's one of the most underrated movie franchises, I would say. <laughs> I stand by Night at the Museum and National Treasure. Both of, both of those two, two recent phenomenons. Um... I kind of lumped them in together. They're kind of similar. Let's see. Failure to Launch. 310 to Yuma. Night at the Museum. Battle of the Smithsonian. I think that's the one that we went to as a family on Christmas Day. We went to <laughs> Night at the Museum at uh, AMC Winnemel. Um So he's in Community. Or she, sorry. Apologies to Chris the Monkey and her family. Community. She plays Annie's Boobs in Community. That's so funny. The character's name is Annie's Boobs. That's what? That's hilarious. 
<laughs> there must have been some funny jokes, wordplay jokes going around there. Um, the Hangover Part 2, Part 2, which was no good. We've talked about The Big Bang Theory, Zookeeper. Was that the one with, that was the one Kevin James, right? Yeah. Joe Rogan's in the Zookeeper, in Zookeeper. Just Zookeeper. No, the. Who does Joe Rogan play in that movie? Let's see. I bet he plays like a lion tamer or something. He's Gail, Stephanie's alpha male ex-boyfriend. And Stephanie's played by Leslie Bibb, who's in one of my favorite movies of all time. Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby. Talladega Nights. All right. All right. Uh, oh, that's so funny. Big Bang Theory. Of course, everyone's in Big Bang. <laughs> Even the monkeys trying to get paid. Doing the, doing the Big Bang Theory. Doing the, the popular sitcom. Surprised it's not in Two and a Half Men. Two and a Half Monkeys. <laughs> two and a Half Men and a Monkey. Um, we Bought a Zoo. Wow. It's in... Zookeeper, then we bought a zoo back to back. So zoo movies back to back. Surprised she's not in more zoo movies. <laughs> she's in like Big Bang Theory and stuff, but then not that many zoo movies. Um Animal Practice, The Good Thing. Should be in the good place. That was that one that the TV show that my mom recommended to me that uh is now cancelled. Used to be on NBC, now it's on Netflix, stars Kristen Bell, one of our favorites, from episode 10, uh, <laughs> I, I do want to watch that show though, someday, someday, I'm saving it, you ever just save shows or movies in your back pocket, just for someday, I'll sit down and watch all these, these great shows and movies, just have a have a festival, have a, have a movie festival for myself in my apartment, <laughs> imagine though, because I haven't seen any of the Godfathers, I, I don't think, I honestly don't think I've ever seen any of the Rocky movies, <laughs> somehow, never seen any of the Rocky movies or the Godfathers, so, just those alone, I could watch all those, that would take like two days right there, then, um, ooh, one that I do really want to watch is Scarface. I saw part of that movie, they were probably, I think it was AMC, speaking of AMC Total Feature. <laughs> I won't do it again, but I think it was AMC that was showing it on TV. I was at my grandpa's house, that was what, last year, a couple years ago, watching Scarface on the TV, but I just saw bits and pieces of it. But it seems, seems kind of like ahead of his time almost. I don't know. It was very colorful. Very, it was like all Miami. All the, the colors were popping. Like everyone was wearing bright, bright like turquoise, you know, neon shirts, that kind of stuff. I liked it. I liked it. Reminded me of <laughs> that. Um, what was that Zac Efron DJ movie? We are we are your friends. <laughs> that 
That was the only movie I've ever walked out of. And I didn't walk out of it on my own accord. On my own Honda Accord. Um, I drive a Honda Accord, so. <laughs> no, but I didn't. We, we, le- we had to leave. Everyone had to leave the theater. Because what well, this was whenever that movie came out. It was like 2015, I believe, actually. It was like August 2015. And there was like a windstorm. And the movie just stopped working. And then I think the second day I came back, they gave us a ticket to come back for free the next day or whatever. And I just came back the next day. And I obviously wasn't too busy at the time. I was like, I'm just going to come back and watch this whole movie. Because I really want to see what happens at the end of this Zac Efron DJ movie. It seems, uh, it's a barn burner. <laughs> it's, it, was, it wasn't that bad. It was alright. It was alright. Alright. Where were we here? We are going through these movies. The Hangover Part 3. Super Buddies, All Hail the King, Night at the Museum, Secret of the Tomb, Russell Madness. That should be Russell Westbrook's nickname. Russell Madness. Monkey Up. <laughs> He's in a movie called Monkey Up. More if he was the star. More if she. Sorry, Crystal. I keep saying she. I keep saying he. Uh, more if Crystal's the star of Monkey Up. She plays a character called Monty. So, uh, Mikey the monkey, she plays Mikey. That's funny, <laughs> just playing guys. That's the thing about being a monkey. Just playing Mikey the monkey, no problem. Legends of Legends of the Hidden Temple. Um, the hundred one year old man who skipped out on the bill and disappeared is a funny name for a movie. Um, Gibby and Max Warship, and then. Total Doll Mall from 2019 is Crystal the Monkey's most recent movie. There you go. Happy belated birthday to Crystal the Monkey. Uh, May 6th was just last week. Um, all right, let's. All right, Richard Linklater. We're looking at his movies too. <laughs> Where were we with Linklater? With old, old Link Linklates. Uh, Before Sunrise, Suburbia, The Newton Boys, Waking Life tape, Live from Shiva's Dance Floor, School of Rock. That's right, we read School of Rock. Because I was wondering, I was checking to see if it was in my DVD collection here. And unfortunately it's not. I'm surprised it's not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand up and look again, because I can't believe it. Man, that was one of my favorite movies. I'm kind of surprised I, I didn't grab that one. But it tis what tis. And we only got one movie left in the DVD collection to read. But, um, to read, <laughs> to reveal. We'll do that next episode. So, School Rock, Before Sunset. There's a TV movie called $5.15 per hour. That's a, <laughs> I like that. That's a funny name for, it's really intriguing name for a movie like it's a cliffhanger of a title it makes you makes you think it's like it draws you in like what could this be what's this movie about Dairy Queen <laughs> so it's people who work at Dairy Queen like where they work you know I'm gonna look at 
Let's see. Let's see if they say anything about it. an ensemble comedy focused on the bizarre underpaid employees of Grandma's Home Cooking. And Grandma is spelled G-R-A-M-M-A-W. Grandma. So there you go. We were wondering. Oh my gosh. It stars Retta from Parks and Rec. That's so funny. I don't I haven't seen Retta in that many other things. Other than what's her character's name? Parks and Rec. Oh my gosh. How can I not remember this right now? I forgot to mention Oh, um Donna. Donna Meagle. Okay, Donna. Yep. Um I forgot to mention I was doing my laundry in the break. It's one of the things I use my time in the break for. Um, threw my laundry back on 15 more minutes. We got that that weak dryer, you know. I've talked about it, the weak dryer. But <laughs> it's better than, oh my God, so much better than not having, not having the laundry in your apartment. I've had the, the apartment where you have to share the laundry. You have the communal laundry. And you have to feed quarters, pay quarters for it. Oh my gosh. It's, I love it. I love having, I'm grateful. <laughs> you can hear the gratefulness in my voice. For having laundry in the apartment. So awesome. Um, bad news bears. I'd also rather have a weak dryer than a bad washer, if that makes sense. You'd rather have something that washes at least it washes it thoroughly. And then it doesn't really matter how long it takes to dry it. You can just throw it on however long. Just keep keep drying it till it dries. As long as it washes it thoroughly. That's how I look at it. That's my two cents. That's my two quarters for, for your laundry advice. <laughs> that sounds like a fun name for a web series. Laundry advice. Um, called My... Wait, I have to... Let's write this... My two quarters um, laundry, <laughs> or um, it could be like podcast at laundromat. That is such a that's such a cool. I, I like that. I think that's a fun idea. My my two quarters, a podcast recorded live at laundromat, laundromat, laundromat. I think that's a fun idea. And you just got like, man, that'd be awesome. I, I don't know. I'm just thinking about it right now. You could like interview people while they're doing their laundry. You could make it an interview show. Just wouldn't you be interested? The type of people who are bouncing around the laundromat. It'd be like going to the DMV and uh, interviewing a bunch of people. <laughs> just waiting to get their license renewed. Just going to the laundromat. Oh my god. Oh my god. I wonder if it'd be kind of loud in there, though. You'd have to compete with the noise. But with these modern day washers and dryers, I'm sure they're pretty quiet. What would. I think My Two Quarters is a great name. I love that as a name for that podcast, too. I like it. Oh! It could be an interview. You bring. <laughs> The guest comes on and they do their laundry. Oh my god, that's so funny. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna have to write that down. I'm gonna say, uh, guest does laundry. 
I think that that sounds like my my second podcast right there. My two quarters. An interview podcast. <laughs> the guest comes on. Um, they do their laundry. It's productive. You get a chore done. Um, man, I think that'd be kind of fun. Because doing the laundry, it's one of those things that... It's like an activity that you could talk. I mean, obviously, you're not going to be doing anything. You're, but you're not going to want to go anywhere. You don't want to go home, leave your laundry there. I don't really know. I've honestly never done my laundry at a laundromat. So <laughs> I've always had I had the communal laundry in my apartment building. Or just had it in my apartment, luckily. But yeah, because you're going to the laundry. You you automatically have like two hours right there to wait. So it makes sense. That's two hours to podcast right there. That's so perfect. I love that. that that'd be a great like interview guest-based podcast. I like it. I, I, don't, I don't need to keep talking about it. I mean, <laughs> I think when I moved to California, that's my two quarters. I might have to... I don't, I don't like the idea of like... I'm obviously going to keep doing a Stars Born. Never stop a Stars Born. Like I said, I'm going to do this. <laughs> I'm going to do a Stars Born uh, on my deathbed. It'll be my... <laughs> That'd be such a... The most podcast dedicated person ever. It's like they're dying words. What if you... Oh my God. That'd be so intense. Someone knows like their last words. They're like, thanks for listening. <laughs> Give me five stars on iTunes. <laughs> oh no they would have to win the award they would win the what do you call the podcast awards I can't remember the, not the Razzies that's the bad movies I know there's awards for podcasts but they would win the award for most dedicated podcaster would be that person um, for sure my two quarters coming soon and theater near you. <laughs> All right. What else did Richard Linklater do? Let's get out of his. Let's get back to Maddie McConaughey. 2005. Uh, Bad News Bears. Fast Food Nation. Scanner Darkly. I've heard about that movie being crazy. Inning by Inning. A Portrait of a Coach. Which is a documentary. Richard Linklater loves baseball. Me and Orson Welles. Bernie. Who's Orson? I've heard of Orson Welles. I should know that name. You might be laughing. Probably laughing at me right now. You don't know who Orson Welles is? <laughs> I don't think that's like a... Oh, this guy looks familiar. And It's a name that you hear. Like, everyone's heard the name Orson Welles. Orville Redenbacher. A similar name. But <laughs> everyone knows the pot. He's the um, popcorn dude. But Orson Welles, though, I think everyone's heard of him, but I bet he's one of those, I'd say, of the people who have heard of him, less than half of those people could probably identify, like, who he is. So, <laughs> I don't know what that's based on. That's just based on me knowing his name and not knowing who he was. He's an American actor, director, writer, and producer. Uh, remembered for his innovative work in radio, theater, theater, and film. Considered one of the greatest film directors of all time. Okay, there we go. That's what he's known for. 
Macbeth, The Cradle Will Rock, Julius Caesar, Caesar, um, Citizen Kane. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's considered like one of the greatest films of all time, of course. I've never seen Citizen Kane, but I don't know. I'm not one of those film, like film buffs who gets super preachy about all these old movies, you know? <laughs> like, you gotta watch Sis and Kane and, um, what's that? The one, <laughs> Old Prairie. The, that's a TV show, right? Old House on Prairie. House on Prairie. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Dust in the Wind. All that stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's good to watch out the old movies. It's It's just more you watch those movies to see like history to like see what how life was different back then as in how art like entertainment was different back then too it's more it's more of like a study when i watch the, those old movies it's not really to be entertained because i don't know maybe maybe they would be though i'm sure there's a reason why they're known for being great <laughs> i don't know um, me and Orson Welles, Bernie, Bernie's a great Jack Black movie, Jack Black, and McConaughey, we'll talk about it, Maddie, Maddie Matz, IMDb, Up to Speed, Before Midnight, Boyhood, Everybody Wants Some, another baseball movie, Last Flag Flying, and, um, his newest one, Where'd You Go Bernadette, which is... That's a Sandra Bullock's gonna be in this one. No, not Sandra Bullock's. Kate Blanchett's. Okay. Wait. Yeah, Kate Blanchett. Okay. Very good. This is a well-known book. This is a well-known novel. Um. All right. There you go. There's Richard Linklater. Let's get out of him. Let's get back to Matt. Maddie. Matt. Where were we here? We were on Days and Confused. Man, we're only on Days and Confused. We're only in 1993. Holy cow. All right, that's okay. Don't panic. Don't panic. Don't panic. We're going to be able to do a Mariners update pretty soon here. They play at 710 and it's 523. I think the NBA game starts at 6. So, <laughs> like, all the current event stuff that's going to be expired. All the non-evergreen stuff. For uh, those of you listening 10 years in the future, um, yeah, interested in knowing about the NBA. I don't know. It might be fun to hear about Steph Curry tearing it up. Steph Curry is probably going to destroy the Trailblazers tonight. Unless C.J. McCollum has something to say about it. C.J. McCollum had a huge Game 7 against the Nuggets. They held off uh, the Joker, Nikola Jokic, Jokic. But I just like hearing, even old podcasts, it's sometimes interesting hearing people talk about current sports, like sports that were current at the time. Just, it's kind of interesting. Just kind of look back, be like, who was popular at that time? Who's, who was doing really well? Who was the talk of the town? I don't know. Some people think Kawhi Leonard's the best player in the league, like I said. I still think it's Kevin Durant. But, by the way, Durant should be back He's injured, but it's just a mild injury. He's going to be back soon, so that's good. Good news for the Warriors, but like I said, this is not a sports podcast. 
but I just sometimes drift into sports conversation, mindlessly drift. All right, let's see. Back to Matt, Matt's IMDb. My boyfriend's back, 1993. He plays guy number two. No name, Mr. No Name. Guy number two. I wonder who plays guy number one. Let's see if we can find who plays guy number one. It's probably not even going to be full cast. We're going to go full cast. Wow, directed by Bob Balaban. Bob Balaban from the uh, Wes Anderson movies. I like Bob Balaban. He's the little, the little, the little guy. Like, kind of reminds you of the uh, Expedia Gnome, right? Not trying to be mean to Bob Balaban right now. <laughs> I'm just trying to describe him for uh, for y'all. All right, guy number one is Oliver Toll. So let's see what else. What else did Oliver Toll do? Um, yeah, here we go. <laughs> did Oliver Toll? We just keep going to other people's IMDb's. Oh wow, 20, 20 actor credits. Mostly lots of video games. Okay, there we go. We don't need to read all his credits. I was just wondering. Oliver Toll, he works. He's a working man. Let's see when when's his most recent thing though. Let's see, actor, twenty seventeen. Uh, Dragon Ball Super, he played Rumush. Oh, he, this was animation. I think this is is this anime? Oh, it's Dragon Ball. I think that's different, right? But before that, two thousand nine, he was in a video game. The voice of Crom slash Roland in Borderlands. I've heard of Borderlands. Borderlands is one of those scary video games. And it's like No Country for Old Men. That's what that video game is like. Um, and oh, especially now. When the graphics are insanely realistic. So that's Oliver Toll. Um, let's, get, let's get out of Oliver Toll. My favorite coffee place. Oliver Toll. Ease. Or if he's the founder of Tolly's. Alright, let's get out of there. Let's get out of there. Is Tolly's extinct now? Or defunct? Extinct? <laughs> um, you know what I mean. I think Tolly's is is gone out of it's disappeared, I believe. I because there used to be a Tolly's in Canyon Park. Right, uh Oh no, Tolly's is still around. It's American specialty coffee manufacturing brand acquired. Oh, owned by Keurig. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Tolly's is closing its retail stores temporarily because they lack the coffee to continue serving customers. What's, that's like the most basic reason. <laughs> Not even because money. Not even a financial reason. They just, they just don't have the coffee. They just. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. This is so funny. This is according to the Seattle Times. They lack the coffee, but coffee's so cheap. I've heard coffee. The, the, what's the the what am I looking for? The uh, mark the markup. The markup on coffee is like a million percent. Like I've heard it makes, what's it cost? One penny to make a cup of coffee or something? And they're charging you like four bucks? Like over at Starbucks? Come on now. That's crazy. All right, so that's Tolly's. 
don't have enough coffee. <laughs> they ran out of coffee. That's like a, it's like a party that ran out of the keg. The keg is gone. Sorry, party's over. We ran out of beer. <laughs> That's basically what Tolly's is saying. Tolly's is just like, party's over, guys. No more coffee. Coffee keg is empty. It's tapped. All right. Um. 19, back to Maddie Matt. 1994 video short. Daniel Johnston, Life in Vain. He he plays Man with Shovel, uncredited. I wonder if he's like a grave digger or Man with Shovel. That's that's a cliffhanger right there. I want to know more. 1994, Angels in the Outfield. Ben Williams. The baseball movie. This was kind of the competitor Sandlot. Like I I like the Sandlot so much more than Angels in the Outfield. I don't know if I ever even saw this movie, but I'm sure let's see who starred in it. I'm sure I probably did. Wait, was Joe Gord Lev? Yep, Joe Gord Lev is in this movie. Alright. Tony Danza. Tony Danza. Adam Ray does a really funny Tony Danza impression. Angels in the outfield. <laughs> Tony Danza here. <laughs> when you can't do it, someone's impression, all you can do is just say their name. Just keep repeating their name. That's that's the best impression I can do. Um, Tony Danza. <laughs> 1994. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Vilmer. Uh, 1995, Boys on the Side, plays Abe. Man, I wonder how many Texas Chainsaw movies there are. There's so many different ones of those. I remember watching, we watched one of those Texas Chainsaw movies. One of the more recent ones. This was at a a party at Taven's house. Good old buddy Taven Shoemaker. I think we played on every single sports team together. We were on every team. But this was party way back in the day. This must have been was like eighth grade or something. I don't know why. I specifically remember just it might have been his birthday party or something. No, no specific memory about it. <laughs> I think I was like fascinated by his fridge. How it had like giant ice cubes, giant square ice cubes that it was producing. I have some sort of faint memory of that. <laughs> this is the most pristine, massive square ice cubes it's being spit out of this refrigerator. But it's probably before, that was probably at a time before my family had gotten a new fridge. We were probably still using the fridge that's now. Uh, downstairs in the garage that my dad uses now his beer fridge now but we used to use that in the kitchen so before we got one of those uh, fridges that looks like a rocket ship or something you know you know but we still don't have one that I mean I don't know why I'm saying we because my parents are moving anyway and anyway back home we use Embothel we never had one that dispensed ice cubes is what I'm trying to say. So, <laughs> out of all that. They had ice cubes. It just had one of those 
containers that it spit ice cubes into, you know, like a tray in the bottom in the freezer. But I would consider it higher class when it has ice cubes in the front, <clears throat> in the in the front of the fridge. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I don't know why it's higher class. It's just, it's less work because you don't have to bend over. That's a debate. Here's a debate for you. Do you like the fridge fridge and freezer side by side or fridge over on top of the freezer? So in the fridge back home at Bothell, we had the fridge on top of the freezer. So you always have to bend over to go in the freezer. But if you do the fridge next to the freezer, that would just be... That's what my grandpa has. Yeah, that's what my grandpa has, right? I'm trying to picture his... Yeah, he, he has that. But over there in Great Falls, Montana. Um, oh, man. My grandpa always has, like, at least 10 Omaha steaks in his freezer. He, he always has a, t- a bunch of Omaha steaks. I don't know why. I've never seen him eat one of them. But must be birthday presents or something that maybe my mom's getting them Omaha steaks subscriptions it's like it's, it's like a magazine subscription you get a, a steak subscription but I, I would like a I wouldn't want this maybe a once a year maybe I would want a once a year sock subscription that'd be kind of fun that would be a good business Um, kind of like Dollar Shave Club, but socks, sock, sock club, just sock it to me, sock it to, sock by mail, sock in the air, air sock, air socks, <laughs> but um, I don't know, cloudy socks, what would you call it, I like the name air socks, but you could have a sock club, Kind of like a Dollar Shave Club. Just comes once a month. Not not even once a month. That'd be way too often. Once every six months. Maybe once on your birthday and once on Christmas. There you go. But, um... <laughs> Alright. But, um... <laughs> I like how that's how I get back into it. That's how I get... That's how you know when I'm like, what was I talking about? When I'm like, but, um... Oh, yeah, I was saying, what I want... A freezer for some reason I think the fridge on top of the freezer is considered classier but I think that's probably why I think it's probably because the fridge on top of the freezer has more space in the fridge and it seems like the freezer next to the fridge you must have a smaller fridge I would believe I would think but I'm not a space expert I'm not Elon Musk but I, the thing about having the freezer on the bottom is you always have to bend over that seems like kind of it's gonna put pain on your back you're gonna have some some issues but don't go to the chiropractor though I think in my personal opinion I must say I've heard I've heard stuff but I just think chiropractor I've heard that it only treats you temporarily. It only helps you 
for like a few minutes or something, but it doesn't really cure anything. It's just a momentary, I don't know. I, I'd, I've never had a good experience from the chiropractor. And also, you can you can get seriously hurt or even die. Like, I'm not even, I'm not even kidding. You could die from, from them cracking your, your neck or your back. So, it's scary. It's just, yeah, it should scare you. Why would it not be scary if someone was just looking at you and they're just going to crack your neck? Like, that's what James Bond and Jason Bourne do in the movies to kill people. So, like, we're, it's built into us as humans. We're supposed to be scared of the chiropractor. <laughs> it's in our nature to be scared of the chiropractor. Because why would I not be scared of someone? I'm just face-to-face with someone. I'm supposed to just let them. I feel like I'm just letting them murder me or something, you know? Just crack my neck like that. Just the thought of it is scaring me. <laughs> Ugh, it's just that's one of my fears. That's one of my phobias. I have fear of chiropractor. Um, fear of back crack. But oh my god, that is one of the most disgusting things ever. When people like crack their knuckles when they're like, and they always want to show it off. Like, why do people always want to show that off for you? You know. So gross. Yeah, it's like, keep that gross stuff to yourself. Cracking your knuckles and trying to show it off. It's like, <laughs> it's not a talent, really. It's, it's kind of a, it's a defect. It's more, of a, it's more of a defect. It's like, this is how my body doesn't work. This is, this is one of my failures. One of my, one of my, one of my biological failures is these knuckles. Oh, it's just disgusting. It's like nails on a chalkboard. Knuckles on a chalkboard <laughs> while while they're cracking. Oh, that would be the worst sound. <laughs> that would be the worst sound in the universe. Knuckles cracking while they're being dragged across a chalkboard. There you go. Um, all right. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Next Generation... I like his character name, Wilmer. Uh, 1994. 1995, Boys on the Side. Abe. Honest Abe. 1995, Glory Days. Plays Rental Truck Guy. That's funny. 95, El Roja. Scorpion Spring. I don't know why it's funny that he plays Rental Truck Guy. Let's, I, I need to investigate this movie. We need to know more about Glory Days. Oh, this is the one with Ben Affleck. I'm just going to start. I'm gonna, I don't know. Is this stealing? It's more. It's an homage. I may, I'm doing a, an homage to Bert. How he says Ben Affleck. Just because <laughs> it makes me smile. It's like it, it, just, it makes me giggle. Literally just saying Ben Affleck. Come on now. It's not. Bert didn't, he didn't uh, monopolize that. There's no trademark on saying Ben Affleck. It's fun. It's more fun. You gotta keep saying it. Do stuff to make you laugh, you know? Sam Rockwell is also in this. Um, very good. What's Glory Days about? It's 100 minutes, comedy, rated R. R. With college graduation pending, the old gang tries to avoid inevitability. Of breaking up and going forward with their lives. 
very general plots, very general. But rental truck guy, at some points, that's just kind of a weird description, a rental truck. So that means someone rents a, oh, they're moving, of course, what am I talking about? They're move. They're, they just graduated from college, they're moving home or whatever. Probably not even, this is back in the day, back in the mid-90s, when moving home after graduating college was not a normal thing. <laughs> but nowadays, that's just like second, second nature. It's like, yeah, you graduate from college, then move back home. <laughs> it's like lots of people do that. But I mean, not everyone does that, but I think it's, it's just not as um, frowned upon as it used to be. That's the word I'm looking for. Like, I think it used to be more, there was like a stigma that stigmatized. But now, people, people be living with their parents till late ages. <laughs> nothing, and of course, there's nothing wrong. I mean, save money. Save money, get free food. Sleep in your bed, the same bed that you, you grew up in. That's that's not a not a bad way to go through your early and mid 20s but man i'm it's good to be like by yourself though you could be off on my own feeling like feeling like my own person <laughs> i don't know there's just some sort of separation it's a very intense separation that you go through with your parents but i've i've gone through it multiple times though just because you go through it freshman year of college, the first time you move away to college, then like throughout college, and then the second time I went back to college, <laughs> you got to include that, and then all, you know, everything. All right, 95, Scorpion Spring, El Roja. I'm intrigued by Scorpion Spring. Reminds me of the rock movie, The Scorpion King. On the run from the law, desperate drug runner Astor and his beautiful prisoner struggle through the savage heat. All right. All right. Yeah, it doesn't... Matthew McConaughey is like the only person I've heard of in that movie either. But I think it's... Wait, let me go back down here. It's, um... Oh, what? <laughs> There's... <laughs> no way. This is not this guy's real name. There's a guy on IMDb who's listed as John Doe. John D-O-E. John Doe. There's no way. I'm not buying it. That's that's a shtick. <laughs> he did the He's a composer. He no way. He was he was in Roadhouse. Oh, he's also an actor. John Doe. That is so funny. Oh yeah. Here we go. He was born as John Duchak. Duchak. D-U-C-H-A-C. Duchak. I can see why. I don't, that's not that hard a name to pronounce or spell. I've, I've heard weirder. Come on now. That's so corny. John Doe. Come on. <laughs> He's also a composer. An actor and composer. Yeah, very talented. But alright. Let's go back. Scorpion Spring. Directed by Brian Cox. Who's in uh seen Super Troopers? 
right? Isn't Brian Cox in Super Troopers? Is that the old... Isn't he the old feller? Am I... Man, now I got... Wait, not producer. Oh, this is a different Brian Cox. Yeah, this guy hasn't... He's only been two things in his acting credits. But I think the name of the... The old guy in Super Troopers is Brian Fo- Cox. Not Fox. Cox. If I'm not mistaken. Alright. Anywho. Maddie Matt. A short from 1995. Submission. He plays Joe. There's a short from 95. Judgment. He plays Deputy Sam Taylor. A video short from 96. He's uncredited. Leading man. John Mellencamp. Key West. Intermezzo. I saw you first. Uh, 96, Lone Star. He's Buddy Deeds. I wonder if that's Mr. Deeds' his real name. Adam Sandler's character, Mr. Deeds. Buddy. <laughs> Buddy Deeds. That's a... That sounds like such a made-up name right there. It's a good... It's a country star, though. Also a great country star. Which I think... Is it? When the skeleton of his murdered... Predecessor is found. Sheriff Sam Deeds unearths many other long-buried secrets in his Texas border town. Okay. So it's not... It's not about country stars. It's about Texas. Texas border town. Kind of sounds a little bit like Bernie. Bernie. Another great movie. We'll talk about it soon. Um, Lone Star. Never heard of it. Wait, who else is in this? Chris Christopherson. Chris Cooper. All Chris's. Chris Arneson. <laughs> Wait, I'm in this movie. No way. Um, Alright. It's, it's 135 minutes, so. That's a long cowboy movie. 1996. A Time to Kill. Jake Tyler Brigance. I've heard of this one. In Canton, Mississippi, a fearless young lawyer and his assistant defend a black man accused of murdering two white men who raped his 10-year-old daughter, inciting violent retribution and revenge from the Ku Klux Klan. Oh my goodness. Oh, Samuel L. Sandra Bullocks. Kevin Spacey. Oliver Platts. Kiefer Sutherland. Mr. 24. Jack Bauer. Don Sutherland, Ashley Judd. Wow, some big names in that movie. A Time to Kill. Directed by Joel Schumacher. Oh, that's why this sounds familiar. I gotta stand up and stretch my legs right now. My dogs are barking. Of course, this is a John Grisham book. That's why why I know it. My parents, they have like the entire John Grisham collection at home. I've read a lot of those books. I don't think I've read this one. I have not read this one, though. I think it's a little older one. Alright, very good. 149 minutes. Long movie. Sounds intense. Uh, 1996. Larger Than Life. Tip Tucker. (laughs) Man, I love some of these. This is going to be fun. Reading these McConaughey character names. I bet he's going to have some good character names. Tip Tucker. Alright, I'm going to get a sip of my creme brulee. Tip Tucker. And I'm over here. Tip Tucker's gas station. 
it sounds like he'd be like the owner of a convenience store. Come on over to Tip Tucker's Convenience Shop. Pick up a can of chew for five bucks and get a free can of marble cigarettes on top of that with a Red Bull. <laughs> Tip Tucker. How you doing, Tip Tucker? It's like one of those people who you only call them by their full name. Like, that's for sure. Yeah, Tip Tucker's... And he, he only introduces himself as his full name, Tip Tucker. Double T. T squared. T, two T. T, two. <laughs> T times two. Oh, man. Do you have so many opportunities for nicknames? Tip. Is Tip short? <laughs> That's such a dirty... That would be such a dirty joke. Oh, my God. That'd be a disgusting joke if I had made that. Is Tip short for something? <laughs> it's, it's disgusting. Do the math. Do the joke math yourself, though. Tip. Tip is short for something. Um, Tip. Name. I gotta say tip. Because they're going to be thinking, like, tip gratuity. Gratuity? <laughs> gratuity. I just turned gratuity into ratatouille. I combined gratuity with ratatouille. Gratitude. Gratitude. <laughs> That's the sequel to Ratatouille. Gratitude. All right. What's the name tip short for? That's what I want to know. What's the name Archie short for? Archibald. Hmm. All right. I guess I have to type in the sentence. If you're really Google, what is the name? If you're going to make me do this. Name tip. Not Tibby. I've never heard anyone named Tibby. Uh, the meaning of the name Tip is derivative of Thomas. What? No way. <laughs> That's so insane. How come I can't, with the name Chris, I, I should be able to call myself like Cup, you know? Or like Chip. I should definitely be able to go by Chip. I won't go by Cup, though. <laughs> like cup I'm cup that'd be a fun that would be a cool name cup just makes me think of cooper cup represent uh yakima cooper cup eastern washington university los angeles ram wide receiver but cup i might have to start going my cup short for chris <laughs> seriously though if thomas if you can go by tip Short for Thomas, then that's there's no connection there. So that makes no sense. So why not just keep not making sense with the names? I could go by crawl or uh, <laughs> what would I go? It has to start with the same letter, though. That's the thing. Hmm, chair. Chair would be a good <laughs> Tip. Tip is a funny name, though. It's very old school. Very old school name. Sounds like... It's like trip. They, did you know that trip, like um, the name trip is short for um, the third? If you go by, if you're like Ken the third, Ken Smith the third, you could go by Trip Smith because you're the third in line. Isn't that cool? I thought that was so legit when I found out. I was pretty pumped up when I found out about that. Like, no way. No, no way. Um, all right. 
a motivational speaker discovers that the inheritance his father left for him is in the form of an elephant. What? Larger than life. You did it again. Larger than life. McConaughey, you did it again. Oh, this is a Bill Murray movie? What? I've never even heard of this movie. And Bill Murray's in it. Matthew McConaughey's in it. Jeremy Pivs is in it. The Pivs. Ari. Lloyd. Lloyd. <laughs> um, all right. It's a kid's movie. It's PG. Comedy. Family. 93 minutes. All right. Contact. 1997. Palmer Jouse. See? Another good name. Palmer Jouse. Sounds like the name of a a cranberry farmer. <laughs> Palmer Jouse here. Palmer Jouse. Man, what a name. Contact. Only rated PG. I thought this was like Interstellar before Interstellar, but maybe not. Oh, it's a Robert Zemeckis. That's right. It's a Jodie Foster. It's a David Morse. Never even heard of David Morse. William Fickner in it. It's a long movie, though. 150 minutes, drama, mystery, sci-fi. Dr. Ellie Arroway. That's such a made-up name, too. Ellie Arroway. I've never heard the last name Arroway. It's like combining two physical like direction directional objects an arrow and then way the way it goes you know an arrow pointing that way it's a weird last name um after years of searching that's played by jody foster finds conclusive radio proof of extraterrestrial intelligence sending plans for a mysterious machine drama mystery sci-fi interstellar it's a prequel to interstellar <laughs> 1997, Amistad, Roger Sherman Baldwin, um, 1839, the revolt of Mende captives aboard a Spanish-owned ship causes a major controversy in the U.S. when the ship is captured off the, co- off the coast of Long Island. I'm having trouble reading right now. <laughs> off the coast of Long Island, the courts must decide whether the Mende are slaves or are le- legally free. Morgan Freeman, uh, I am God, I am God, I am Amistad, I'm aboard this ship, and I am a man, free as I am God, as he is, <laughs> Morgan Freeman, at your service, yeah? <laughs> uh, Steven Spielberg directed it, and um, of course, of course Spielberg, it's a Spielberg classic. But oh, she would tell you before was in this. Back in, back when, people did not know who she would tell you before was. Also, Stellan Skarsgård, Maddie Matz, Anthony Hopkins, Nigel. Who's this guy? Nigel Hawthorne, an old English actor, born in nineteen twenty nine. All right. That's Amistad. I've heard about... Of course I've heard about that movie. The the Gravity. The Spielberg Gravity. Not not the movie Gravity. I'm not talking about... 
the George Clooney movie, Sandra Bullock's. I'm talking about the gravity of the movie, like it's a very weighty movie. Um, the Newton Boys, 98, Willis Newton. Oh, this was directed by Linklater. This is a Linklater. Let's see what this one's about. Um, the story of the Newton gang, the most successful bank robbers in history, owing to their good planning and minimal violence. Wow. That's kind of... That's like, um... What was that? The Andrew Garfield war movie. Oh, what was the name? You know exactly the movie I'm talking about. Andrew Garfield war movie. Oh, I'm blanking on it. Oh, I'm blanking. Oh, I'm blanking on it. Hacksaw Ridge. Yep. Just a few years ago. He was the anti-violent fella. He was the um the anti-violent medic um yeah. Medic working in the army. Um that's a decent movie. I saw it in theaters. I don't know. You can go. You can see better war movies. Like if you want to see a good war movie, instead of Hacksaw Ridge, I would watch Hurt Locker. I would watch um, Saving Private Ryan, of course. I haven't seen a couple good ones. I've heard are really good are um, Platoon. I've never seen, and Last Apocalypse, or is that was Apocalypse Now? Apocalypse Now. I haven't seen either. Those are classic. I know classic war movies, but Saving Private Ryan is a really good one. Um, oh, the Bradley Cooper one's pretty solid. Um, What's that? Snipe? The American Sniper. Also, what was Lone Survivor? I've never... I've seen bits and pieces of Lone Survivor on TV. Probably FX. Can't can't remember the slogan for FX. Might be This Is Movies, maybe? Maybe? Fearless, maybe? Um, But yeah, saw Lone Survivor on FX a little bit. That movie, that one looks good. That's... Marky Mark. Ah, it's... But war movies? Not my favorite genre of movies. Just kind of too... Too intense and too, like, real... Too realistic for me. I mean, just kind of like... <laughs> that's like the real horror movie, you know? I mean, I'm not even kidding. I'm not scared of horror movies. Horror movies don't make me scared, but... War movies are the real scary movies. Because cause I'm not... <laughs> I'm thankful that there's not a draft because <laughs> that we don't live in a time period or a place where um you have to surf, you know? Cuz um I'm not I don't have that that crazy the courage. You have to be so brave. You have to have lots of courage to to serve serve for your country. So, that's why I'm thankful that thankful for people who do it. Because I'm too scared. <laughs> now, I'm remember, I'm reminded every time I see a war movie. I'm like, oh man, I would never do that. That's so. That looks so scary. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't even play violent video games. Like, <laughs> the only violent video game I will play is Grand Theft Auto. Just because, you know, just to mess around and just, uh, like, abduct a plane and go all ham and go all crazy. Because that's what you do in Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, you drive a plane into the ocean, and just you know you never. I've never followed the the story in Grand Theft Auto. I've never I've never actually played the the actual game like what you're supposed to do. 
I mean, I think that's most people do what <laughs> do what I do. Just mess around, just wreak havoc, do things that you could never you would never do in real life. Get all get all your crazies out. Remember the movie The Crazies? Get all your crazies out in the video game. I'm not one of those people that thinks violent video games inspires violence, really. That'd be kind of... That's kind of taking, like, a next next level. Like, taking an extra step to say that. But that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but I do think that video games have become, like, a weird obsession with... Just, I'm specifically, like, here in this country, here in America. Just, but everywhere around the world, I'm sure. But, huge. I heard the other day on Adam Carolla, they said the average age of a video game player. Guess what the average age of a video gamer is? Yes. Alright, wherever you are, ready? 34 is the average age of a gamer. That is insane. Way older than you would have thought. But... <laughs> That's how, that's how you know that video games have became like uncontrollable, like a huge thing. And when virtual reality is here, it's going to be a whole nother level, I think. I think people are going to be spending their whole days just in virtual reality. Just, I don't know how it's going to work. Maybe you'll get like a job in virtual reality, you know? You'll be like chopping down trees just virtually though, and you'll be paid to do it. You'll be like a virtual lumberjack. What? <laughs> that I could see that that could be a real thing, but I don't know how that would all work. I have no idea. I'm talking way over my head right now. But um, I wonder if you would still wear flannels if you were a virtual lumberjack. Would you have to wear a flannel while you were doing that, or just in your virtual reality self, maybe? Hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah, video games. That's how you know they're super popular, though. How they've gone mainstream is that it's not just the younger generation, which is when I was growing up, it used to be just us playing them. But now it's old old people <laughs> playing video games. It's just kind of funny. All right, the Newton Bowls. There we go. I think it's time for um, a little break. I need to... I'm going to follow my rules of podcasting, not burn myself off, burn myself out, stand up, um, take a little break, refresh myself, and I'll be right back. You won't even notice I'm gone, though. I mean, but have a good break anyway. I'm on break. I love it. I love it. I love it when I'm delightfully, pleasantly surprised and reminded like how much fun how much fun I have doing just gabbing just talking doing the podcast because sometimes before I do it like looking looking at it I'll be like I don't really want to do a podcast today I don't know this seems like it almost seems like a chore or something just like sometimes like going to play basketball or something or something that should be fun. It's like a hobby. It's something that's looked at as an activity that you do for fun. You know how it can sometimes turn into a chore. But you, I think you just got to push through that feeling and just keep doing that activity. Because 
you you know like the feeling that it originally you had fun doing it in the first place there was something that kept bringing you back you brought it gave you some sort of fulfilling feeling of um creating or you know doing something doing something productive and making the most out of your day so um yeah there's just i don't know like sometimes i think you just forget maybe you even forget the reason why you enjoy doing stuff if especially if you spend you take too much time in between doing it too long of breaks then you forget why you enjoy doing it in the first place and then that's like the biggest tragedy you know because then you might never do it again i don't know what i'm talking about just pick any activity but if you forget why you enjoy doing it then you might just not do it again and it might be something that you really love doing but that's why you gotta I think you should keep doing stuff you love. Just keep doing activities. Um, I don't know. Keep seeing old friends. Keep reuniting with people. Having reunions. Um, just stay active. I think it's important to like keep your mind active. Keep your body active. Physically. Like work out all the time. Work out your mind and body. You know. But I think it's just so important not to be stagnant. And like sitting in one place, just static. Um, that's like my biggest fear. Speaking of fears, I just, yeah, fear of not moving forward, fear of not growing, improving, becoming a, like the more actualized, like the fuller version of myself that I know that I'm capable of. There's like, you know, that I know exists out there. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> I'm like, I know I ha- there's a version of myself, hard work, family man. Got like supporting a family, full time job, creative, like creative monster, just podcasting machine, book writing machine, you know, all that stuff. TV writing, movie writing, doing it, doing it big. But because I know that that version, doing stand up comedy. <laughs> Because I, I, that's another thing that I've always wanted to try. Just in the back of my mind, I'm, I want to do it. So definitely goal of mine to do that. But it's just something I want to do. So I know that um, there's that actualized, that complete version of myself, that full potential, you know. And you too. There's Everyone's got that full version of themselves that, like, in a perfect world, this is, I could achieve all this stuff. But I think... That's kind of, um, use that as a template. I think that's a good way to look at it. Use it as a template. Shoot for the stars. Try to, try to replicate that template. Um, I don't know. Because there's nothing wrong with, um, having a really lofty goal and then coming up a little short. Because then nobody's going to make fun of you for having lofty goals. Or there's no drawbacks to having lofty goals, you know? You're not, you don't have to pay any money to have lofty goals. Nobody charges you. And nobody nobody keeps you accountable except for yourself. You just make sure you write them down. Or tell people about them. And tell the people to keep you accountable. Like tell your friends or family. Keep me accountable for these things. That I want to accomplish. My goals. But yeah my point is. Have the loftiest of goals. But just don't let that distract you from 
like hard work, just keep working towards those lofty goals and you'll probably if even if you come up short, you might accomplish, you might do some really cool things. Get some great experience. Um yeah, cuz think about it. like if if your goal is to make a movie, what's your what if your goal is to make your own movie? But then you end up just being like starring as like a side role in someone's movie. Then that's that's like a really cool achievement. That's an amazing achievement. And um you didn't achieve your goal, but you still did something in the same arena. And it probably helps you having that lofty goal probably helped you having the ambition to go chase after it. I think there's one part of your brain this goal setting and then do you think the same part of your brain that sets the goal is the same part that has the ambition and hard work that puts it in motion that lets you achieve it? Or do you think, I think the part of your brain that sets the goal might be even a different part than like the hard work, like the work ethic part. Cause so, yeah, like I was saying, some people are really good at setting lofty goals, but then but then they don't follow up with a work ethic. But it is fun. I love I love just setting goals because I'm a dreamer. Like I've talked about, like you probably, of course you know that, that I'm a dreamer. I love, my parents used to always uh, tell me to stop saying the words, the two words, what if? Because <laughs> I would always just start sentences with what if this and what if that? So I like, I like just think that things are, different things could be possible. But um, that's why I like saying lofty goals. That's where my background with lofty goals comes in. But I don't know. I think it's good to have lofty goals, and it's good to try to like find that, find that career, kind of put them in your career space, and, like the things you want to achieve, or maybe they're personal. But I don't know. But not only. Writing those goals, I don't like it when people say I don't know on podcasts, so I'm not gonna say that. That's, that's I don't I don't like it when people are just like I don't know. <laughs> it's just too um, it's too like indifferent. It doesn't seem like you care, but it seems like you're just. Eh. <laughs> but I think have lofty goals, write them down. Also, write down the steps you need to take to reach those goals, and um, yeah, but have because I, I bet it is my feeling is I think it's a different part of your brain the goal the part that sets the goal and the part that puts in motion that works hard and because some people have both some people have neither and some people have one of because some people are super hard working but don't have lofty goals you know but then some people have very lofty goals but no work ethic it's very interesting some people have both some people have neither which one do you want to be? Because <laughs> I think you can control, you can definitely control your work ethic. That's, there's some, it's probably some sort of DNA, biological wiring in there. But I think for the most part, work ethic is something that's taught. And it's a product of your environment and um, attitude. Just all, it's all about your attitude, your your mental, your mindset. It's about that positivity. But, um, all right, let's go back to Mad Matt. 1998, Welcome to Hollywood, plays himself. 
Was this the one with Will and Jada Pinkett's? I think, I swear we've mentioned this one on the podcast before. Film director Adam Rifkin decides to chart the course of a young actor, Tony Marks, as he tries to make it in Hollywood. 89 minutes, comedy. Rated R. Um, short from 1998, Making Sandwiches. <laughs> he plays Bud Hoagie. That's funny. I want to see what this... Oh, there's no plot. That's that's funny. Making Sandwiches. It's like a funnier die sketch or something. Uh, short from 98, The Rebel. Uh, TV show that keeps popping up. King of the Hill. Rad Thibodeau. See, even for the cartoons, he's got the hilarious names. Rad Thibodeau. Um, sort of like Tom Thibodeau, who's the coach of, what is he? Where's Tom Thibodeau coaching? Is he still coaching for the uh, T-Wolves? Let's see, Tom, oh, he spells it a little different. He doesn't use an X in his. Oh, no, T-Wolves are looking for a head coach right now. Tom Thibodeau is, yeah, he's he's no longer the coach of the T-Wolves, but Jawan Howard among candidates for Wolves head coach job. Jawan Howard from um, the Fab Five, teammates of Jalen Rose. Got to give the people, give the people what they want. Jalen and Jacoby, love that show. All right, so Tom Thibodeau will definitely be an NBA head coach. I want to see what the NBA head coach this might not be interesting <laughs> if you're not if you're not an NBA fan I'll just go quickly I just want to see what the most likely team that Tom Thibodeau will end up on so let's see Atlanta Hawks Hawks no um we're looking for coaches with vacancies oh okay oh some of these um Oh, okay. These all have asterisks and stuff. Never mind. I'm not gonna look through these, all these coaches. Let's just right. <laughs> let's just say that Tom Thibodeau is definitely gonna get hired by. That's my prediction. It's not a bold prediction at all, but you heard it here first on Stars Born. Tom Thibodeau will be the head coach of. Trying to think of a team right now that needs a head coach. Not the Lakers. Lakers just hired Frank Vogel. Ooh, the magic. There you go. The magic, because that's where Frank Vogel was. They need a coach. Tom Thibodeau. Orlando Magic. There's there's your prediction. Alright. Oh, one of my favorite movies. This is from my DVD collection. This is Maddie Matt, 1999. Ed TV. He plays Ed. Oh my gosh. I've talked about this. A video store clerk. This is like the only other movie about video store clerk. Wait, was Clerks about store clerks or was was that store clerks or video store clerks for Kevin Smith's? Let's see, Clerks. I think that was video store clerks. Um, no, convenience store. I was wrong. I have not seen that movie in too long. Clerks, but this is Ed TV. A uh, video store clerk agrees to have his life filmed by camera crew for a TV show. Yes, this was 
a movie way ahead of his time. Came out in 1999. Basically predicted keeping up with Kardashians. Just completely. Because this guy, yeah, he just has his whole life film. It's kind of Kardashians meets like Instagram meets like some sort of weird like webcam <laughs> I don't know it's um <laughs> I love Ed TV though Ellen is in this movie if you ever want to see Ellen in a movie she's in it it's in uh San Francisco Woody Harrelson is also in it Jenna Elfman also in it but yeah it's also funny because Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey just back in the day, I always got those guys mixed up. <laughs> they're, they're the same dude, basically. Those guys are fairly interchangeable. Um, they don't look exactly alike, but they look somewhat similar. And um, they're just the same. Same vibes. Same, same chill, stoner, hippie dude, you know? But which one's more... Who's more chill, Matthew McConaughey or Woody Harrelson? Because Woody Harrelson, he's out there in Hawaii. He lives in Hawaii. And then Matthew McConaughey, he's probably in Austin. I I gotta say, Woody. Woody Harrelson's more chill. Just based based purely on the fact that he lives in Hawaii. Even though... I bet Matthew McConaughey like has like a condo or something there, but come on. You don't get more chill than living in Hawaii. Even though I don't know if Woody Harrelson plays the bongos, but I bet he does though. <laughs> I bet him and Matthew McConaughey have had a bongo off before. Alright. <laughs> Nineteen ninety nine. Man, can you like can you imagine like the hacky sack circle at on the set of Ed T V? With Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Just like an intense game of hacky sack. What if you did hacky sack just back and forth, but over a net? Oh, I've seen people play a sport like that. Like volleyball, but with your feet. Um, I think there's a name for that sport. But that'd be fun with hacky sack. And if it was a mini net. (laughs) Like a little small, little... um, Dog like a dog size fence to to keep your dog from going downstairs. Kick a kick a little hacky sack over that. You got a fun little fun little barbecue game there. Next to the cornhole. Cornhole's the best barbecue game of all time. The best brewery game of all time. Cornhole. Um or some people call it bags. I've heard it called bags before. Alright, 1999 TV movie, Bonnie Newt. He plays Nathan. 2000, U571. Is that the, those people? Red, red wine. Oh no, that's UB71 or something. Red, red wine. Come close to me. Red, red wine. Oh, and then I just saw, speaking of Bert, I saw this uh, Instagram, and speaking of Instagram, this uh, Instagram video of him, he was like at a bar in like Europe somewhere, or might have been New York City or Europe, 
but he had the whole bar. This is the kind of party animal the bird is, Bert Kreischer. The whole bar was singing this song. Wild, wild horses couldn't drag me away. Wild, wild horses. I love that song, though. Um, but I was just like, I want to be there in that video. Like, have you ever, I don't know, have you ever watched an Instagram video or something that it looks like so much fun that you wish you could, you could have experienced that moment? That's like, that's how cool social media can make people's lives look sometimes. If you get that, that perfect little snippet of time that it just works out perfectly. It's just, it makes him look, it makes it look perfect. It makes it look very cool, you know? Like, no problems. That's what social media does. Plays a trick on you. But, I don't know. What am I saying? Bert Kreischer, of course, he is one of the coolest lives of everyone in the whole world. So, <laughs> he actually does lead a very insane life. But, his Instagram is off the chain, it's, it's, people still say that, he's inspirational too, very, he's one of my favorite entertainers, I talk about him all the time, what's, what's U571 about, a German submarine is boarded by disguised American submariners trying to capture their Enigma cipher machine, 116 minutes, action, war, PG-13, Bill Paxton, Harvey Keitel, John Bon Jovi, John Bon Jovi's in it, alrighty, very good, you know one more war movie, just talking about war movies earlier, that I did not really get into, kind of a recent one, I saw it in theaters, and I didn't like it that much, and I think it was meant, it was meant for the theaters, because it's one of the loudest movies I've ever seen, and I'm talking about Dunkirk, I was just not a big fan of Dunkirk. I didn't... Just, there's no story to it. There was no substance or plot. It was all style. It was all explosions and big booms. Big Bang Theory. It was a Big Bang Theory of movies. <laughs> um, 2001... 2000. TV show. Sex and the City. He plays himself for one episode. 2001. The Wedding Planner. Oh, this is the first of the rom-coms. I think this kicks off his big rom-com wave. Steve Edison. Steve Edison. Steve the Pirate. Uh, Jennifer Lopez. J-Lo. Jennifer Lopez. Um, Mary Floor is San Francisco's most successful supplier of romance and glamour. She knows all the tricks. She knows all the rules. But then she breaks... The most important rule of all, she falls in love with the groom. Oh, snap. That's 2001 comedy romance rom-com. 103 minutes, PG-13. Very, very good. Let's see who's who are some of the side, the side characters in this. No one. Oh, Judy Greer's in it. Oh, Judy Greer's in it. What do, what do we know Judy Greer mostly from? She's the mom... In Jurassic World, she is... Oh, she's an Ant-Man? What do I know her from most? 
because I know Judy Greer's maybe oh Arrested Development yep she's Kitty that's the name of my cat is Kitty but she plays Kitty Sanchez in Arrested Development all right um I was thinking today they call <laughs> this is another thing they call um kit cat all right so cats are kittens and you can shorten that to kitty so dogs are puppies so is that f- the f- is that short for puppin do we <laughs> i butchered that i i butchered my own joke but why don't we call dogs puppins it's a kitten it's a puppy it's a puppin but <laughs> do with that what you will um <laughs> Let's go back to Maddie Matt. 2001. 13 Conversations About One Thing. Plays Troy. I've never even heard of this movie. 104 Minutes Drama. Oh, is this one of those... Um, What's it called? It's... what? What's one of those movies where there's like 22 different stories going on at the same time? Anthology. Anthology. 104 Minutes Drama. Rated R... New York City, the lives of a lawyer, an actuary, a house cleaner, a professor, and the people around them intersect as they ponder order and happiness in the face of life's cold unpredictability. That kind of reminded me of Collateral Beauty, the one where, the Will Smith one, where he writes letters to love and beauty and happiness and order. They're pondering these things and it's all tied together. 2001, Frailty, plays Adam Meeks. Never heard this one. Let's see what Frailty is about. 100 Minutes, read R, crime, drama, thriller. A mysterious man arrives at the offices of an FBI agent and recounts his childhood, how his religious fanatic father received visions telling him to destroy people who were, in fact, demons. My goodness, Bill Paxton again. Um, man, that's a crazy movie. Wait, it's his, oh, his religious fanatic fathers. Man, what a, <clears throat> I would like to see a remake of that one. That sounds like an intense movie. Um, <laughs> tell him to kill people. Demons. Wow, what a movie. How is that not, how have I not heard of that? They must have really butchered that one. <laughs> Who directed this? Because... The cat, like, oh, Bill Paxton directed it. Wow. Frailty. Let's see what this has in Rotten Tomatoes. Because that has all the pieces for a good movie. Like, that plot is, that sounds intense. Okay. 74% Rotten Tomatoes. So, it is, it's a good movie. It's it's fresh. Okay. Um, let's do an NBA update. The game started. 20 to 16. Golden State's ahead. Jumped out to an early lead in the first quarter of the first game of the Western Conference Finals. Alright, so that's frailty. Um, man, it's like some crazy, like, demon possession meets, like, one of the super church, like, Joel Osteen kind of character. Um... Wow. <laughs> meets uh, The Exorcist. Meets Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. He's not really in scary movies. He's not 
known for he's not a good scary movie guy really <laughs> he's more more like the space movies or um looking surprised he's always good at looking shocked or the rom-coms of course but not not a lot of scary movies from Maddie Matt not not that I can recall 2002 Reign of Fire he plays this is a great name Denton Van Zan. What a name. Oh my god. <laughs> I would pay to have that name. I would I would pay fifty dollars for that name. <laughs> Just right now. <laughs> Can I have that name? Denton Van Zant. Um a broad of fire breathing dragons emerges from the earth and begins setting everything ablaze, establishing dominance over the planet. So is this like the prequel to Game of Thrones or something? Or what? <laughs> Dragons? <laughs> I do not know much about Game of Thrones, but I didn't know there was a prequel with Matthew McConaughey. Um, <laughs> Dragons. 101 Minutes, PG-13, Action, Adventure, Fantasy. Also, Christian Bale. And Gerard Butler. Um, Alright. Sounds kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that movie sounds really crazy. <laughs> what? So it's just about a bunch of fire dragons. What is the plot of the movie? Um, kind of the War of the Worlds meets Game of Thrones. Man, that's that sounds like a neat one. Neat movie, as Marge Simpson would say. Neat. Um. <laughs> TV show, documentary, 2003, Freedom, A History of Us. He plays Andrew Jackson, Mark Twain, John Swinton, Charles Fenno Hoffman, Captain W.W. W. Wood, www. <laughs> Wood, uh, Alexander Stevens. That is Freedom, A History of Us, 16-episode miniseries of the history of America. Also, um... Hosted by Katie Keurig. Katie Keurig. Katie Keurig, who just purchased Keurig. <laughs> and changed the name to Keurig. 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 And she also purchased Tully's. Of course. Um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. 2003. He just plays Ben. They didn't give him a fun name. Just Ben. Benjamin Barry. The Curse of Benjamin Barry is an advertising executive and a ladies' man. So it's like Mad Men meets Hitch, who, to win a big campaign, bets that he can make a woman fall in love with him in 10 days. So, okay. I was going to say, how do you classify for sure if she's in love with you? But I guess all you have to do is ask her, are you in love with Benjamin Barry? <laughs> it's very simple. It's just a yes or no question. So, but who's going to ask her? Is it like a third party or does she have to declare it? Does she have to declare her love to Matthew McConaughey? Or does he have to, could he bait her? Could he like ask, maybe lead her into it? I don't know. I have so many questions about this. Andy Anderson. <laughs> I don't know why I have 20 questions with this. 20 questions with how to lose a guy in 10 days. <laughs> um, Andy Anderson covers the how-to beat for Composure magazine 
and is assigned to write an article on how to lose a guy in 10 days. That is so funny. I know that that's what the plot was. So he's making a bet how to make a woman fall in love with him. She's trying to lose a guy. They meet in a bar shortly after the bet is made. Hilarity ensues. That's a great plot. That's Hitch before Hitch right there. That's a great movie. Um, and Hitch is also a great movie though. Love it. Uh, just, oh, Tosh. Daniel Tosh. Daniel Tosh. Uh, he made fun of this in Tosh.0. He did a, what was that? Not a web redemption, but like a spoiler. He used to do like spoiler alerts. So, Tiptoes. This was the movie that he did a spoiler alert for. But, what was Matthew McConaughey's character's name? Steven Bedalia. Bedalia. Steven Bedalia. 90 Minutes. Rom-com drama. Rated R. The story of a peculiar love triangle involving two brothers. And, um... What is... This is the highly controversial movie. Is this the one? <laughs> I think this is the movie where, um... Matthew McConaughey plays a little person, I'm pretty sure, here. But nobody's ever talked about it. But let's see. Wait. Wait, does Matthew McConaughey not play a little person? Am I, am I, am I, am I misremembering this? I might be misremembering it. I'm looking at the plot right now. Um, let's see. No, he doesn't. Of course not. I thought... Oh, Gary Oldman plays a little person. Yes. Wait, I thought, doesn't Gary Oldman, um, wait, I, I'm pretty sure he does, let me, <laughs> I like how this is like, an investi- it's turned into an investigation, but, of course it's an investigation, oh, yep, he does, <laughs> I just look at it for one second, I'm like, yep, he does, um, yeah, this is, it's an important investigation, you know, 60 Minutes, how is there not being a 60 Minutes episode on Tiptoes? <laughs> um, yeah, that's funny. I don't know. I don't know if it's offensive. I wonder if it's offensive for um, for little people that Gary Oldman played a little person. I wonder if that would be offensive. I don't know. Seems like it might be. Seems like <laughs> Just from like an outsider's perspective, I think this seems pretty offensive to me. Pretty pretty clearly um all right 2000 <laughs> i have no more to say about it. 2004 um paparazzi plays himself in the movie called paparazzi papa that <laughs> what's that lady gaga song bubba bad romance that's a different one papa paparazzi papa papa i got the other one but 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 bad romance. We could start a bad romance. Whoa, caught in a bad romance. Whoa, caught in a bad romance. Papa paparazzi, papa paparazzi. <laughs> it just goes right to right into it. It's boom. Um, oh, what's paparazzi about? Eighty-four minutes, action, crime, drama, acrama, acrama. Rated PG thirteen. 
rising Hollywood actor decides to take personal revenge against a group of four persistent photographers to make them pay for almost causing a personal tragedy involving his wife and son. Wow. That also sounds like a very interesting movie. Never heard of it, though. Who directed that one? Let's see. Paul Abascal. What's was Paul Abascal most known for? Well, oh, Predator 2 makeup. Wait, what did he do? Oh, makeup department. Oh, okay. Oh, he's a big makeup department. Yeah. And makeup artist. Okay. All right. Paparazzi. Justin Bieber should star in the remake of Paparazzi. <laughs> Cuz I just watched the video of him running over that photographer and in LA and that I talked about that a couple episodes ago I think but that's nobody's fault really I mean (laughs) I don't necessarily blame Justin Bieber I don't necessarily blame the photographer for standing in the way of his truck because I mean the Biebs Biebs made it clear that he was he was driving his truck his monster truck out I like how I'm talking about like a I think this event happened a couple years ago but it may have just been in the news recently, though. It just resurfaced. But the Beebs was driving away in his monster truck. so the, And everyone was getting out of the way, except for this guy. So it's not necessarily the Beebs' fault. But, I, I mean, it's hard not to feel bad for for the photographer that got the giant wheel run over him. But he's not like a victim. I wouldn't call him a victim. But you can still feel like a little... I don't think he should be compensated, really. Because, I mean, it is kind of... He's, like, everybody got out of the way. Everybody else knew to get out of the way of, of Bieber's truck. And, except for this guy, so... Like, you feel bad for him, obviously. But I don't I don't think he was seriously injured, though. So, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard not to feel bad for a guy that gets hit by a truck. But, alright, here we go. It's enough of that. 2005. Sahara. He plays Dirk Pitt. This was this was maybe the first movie that I really knew Matthew McConaughey and this may have been my introduction to McCona to my McConaughey's my personal McConaughey's um wow this is a long movie 124 minutes for an exe- an action adventure comedy movie well <laughs> I did not know comedy it was also comedy wow I do not remember that Oh, we talked about it in the Penelope Cruz episode, of course. Okay. Um, Master Explorer Dirk Pitt goes on the adventure of a lifetime of seeking out a lost Civil War battleship known as the Ship of Death in the deserts of West Africa while helping a WHO doctor being hounded by a ruthless dictator. Lots going on there. Um, Chuck documentary short. Documentary short, Al Bean, the voice of Al Bean in Magnificent Desolation, Walking on the Moon 3D. Very good. Two for the Money, 2005, plays Brandon. What is this movie? He's been in a lot of movies I've never heard of. Rated R, 122 minutes, drama, sport, thriller. After suffering a career-ending knee injury, a former college football star aligns himself with one of the most renowned touts in the sports gambling business. 
I've never heard someone called a renowned tout. <laughs> What's a tout? Like, I've heard people touting other people before. Like, you can tout someone's talents, but I didn't know a tout was a noun. <laughs> like, this guy's a real hard worker. He's a real tout. Did not know this. I did not know this. Al Pacino. Oh, my God. It's about the six inches in front of your face. <laughs> That's my impression of Al Pacino giving his uh, Any Given Sunday speech. Which is my favorite speech in the history of sport. Not even sports movies. I think all movies. My favorite speech is Al Pacino, Any Given Sunday. You got to claw for that inch. (laughs) Claw for that inch. (laughs) It's about the six inches in front of your face. Al Pacino. Ah, oh. Oh. <laughs> All right, I just get into it. Uh, <laughs> when you start doing the Al Pacino, you just get taken away. It's like stepping into a sauna with Ben Affleck. <laughs> oh my god. I think Al Pacino must be the most fun impression to do. I don't know. I don't know. It's up there. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's a great... Check out Any, Any Given Sunday. It's a great movie. I also love second favorite speech in any movie. Also a sports movie. Kurt Russell. Miracle. Tonight. Tonight. We win. Tonight. We beat them. Because we can. <laughs> you were made for this game tonight. Alright, that's a great speech show. Gives me goosebumps. Goosebumps. I got goosebumps, bro. Alright, two for the money. Alpa Chino. I also love that. Oh my god, Tropic Thunder. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I talk about funny movies. I talk about how funny The Hangover is. I should start talking about how funny Tropic Thunder is. That movie's so funny. I, God, Tropic Thunder's a hilarious movie. But <laughs> Alpa Chino. There's a character, Alpa Chino. I love that. It's so funny. But I is that is that one of the characters' name? No, he's playing. That's the black dude is playing the young black dude. He's playing a character named Alpa Chino. Or he's about to play a character named Alpa Chino. I think that's what the story is. But it's <laughs> so funny. The, the beginning credits in that movie, when they had the fake movies, that is a very... And you had uh, Robert Downey Jr. with the... He was like the preach or the, the preachers, the saints. Oh my God. <laughs> that's a great movie oh then there's Jack Black and he was like the um, they're making fun of where, what's the Eddie Murphy one what's the one where Eddie Murphy plays all the characters you know the Nutter Butters or whatever yeah Jack Black makes fun of those um alright <laughs> Tropic Thunder is such an underrated movie I wonder if it's cause it, 
it pushes the envelope so much. It's so edgy. I love it, though. I like the movies that are edgy, the comedies. I mean, edgy comedies, you know. You gotta, you gotta, I don't know. Don't be conservative. Say anything, anything for the, for the laugh, right? I don't know. I like the ridiculous comedies. You guys know the kind of movies I like. I like the edgy stuff. Not edgy, really, but kind of mainstream, funny, just funny stuff. Step Brothers, Talladega Nights, Dodgeball. Tropic Thunder, Hangover, it's classic comedies, I guess. Those are all the f- the favorites. But I I just think edginess, edginess, there should be in comedy. It should be um promoted. There should be more of it, you know, especially for comedy movies. What am I even talking about? What am I, am I doing? Sounds like I'm doing a PSA right now. <laughs> No, I just started doing a PSA for comedy movies. No. No. That would be a funny podcast. Where you just do all PSAs. Oh, it's, it looks like it's sprinkling a little bit outside. So it was cloudy, like I said earlier. Now it's sprinkling. It's drizzling rain. It's going to be that... Oh, I love that smell. The fresh rain. Like the just rain smell. It's... The soggy, this we get it a lot up here in the Pacific Northwest, but I mean sometimes you wake up to it in the morning. You just go outside and just the streets smell of sogginess, and it's just it's wafting up there to your nostrils, and it's all very pleasant. I, that's one of my favorite smells. Like I want a candle, I want a wet streets candle, you know, soggy streets. There we go. There we go. There's your... There you go, Yankee Candle. Get on it, Yankee Candle. All right. I wonder if Yankee Candle has a New York Yankees candle. If they don't, that's such a marketing, mismarketing opportunity. Such a missed opportunity. <laughs> How are they not teamed together? Like... Is Yankee Candle? They should be a huge sponsor of the Yankees. There should be, there should be candles in the dugout, and <laughs> there should be no lights in the stadium. It's just giant candles. Just instead of stadium lights, they have giant candles. Just how I don't know how that would work um, economically or ergonomically, but <laughs> I don't know. That's a missed opportunity right there. I could definitely see it in the dugout. That'd be fun. Like, after the game, the stadium gets all dark, and the, the players are just playing, like, capture the flag or hide-and-go-seek or something. They just have a bunch of candles around the stadium. Man, I'm just designing a fun game. Yankee Stadium. All right, here's the Yankees. Here you go. New York Yankees. Next time you win the World Series, here's how you celebrate. Um, you set up the whole stadium, so you just only allow... Players, coaches, and players' families and whatnot. Coaches' families. Um, friends and families, I suppose. And you just turn all the lights out in the whole stadium. Just set up a bunch of Yankee candles all around. <laughs> Yankee the- New York Yankee-themed. Uh, pictures of Derek Jeter. Um, A-Rod. I mean, I was going to say all the beloved Yankees. So A-Rod might not be in there. but um, Yeah, and then just play... 
I think hide and go seek. Just a massive game of hide and go seek. Can you imagine where, oh my god, playing hide and go seek in a baseball stadium? That would, like, just at night when it's dark, that would be with like 500 people. That would be so much fun. That should be a televised event. That should be a televised sporting event. That would be so awesome. It reminds me of um <laughs> I just get so excited about it. that one that's a on the bucket list. A dream. If I can ever if I have the means, if I ever have um millions, ton, tons of million millions of dollars, I'm definitely gonna make that happen. Um that's gonna be one of the first things I make happen. <laughs> but it reminds me of this old game that we played. What was it called? It was this game where you start in one location and one one team is on foot and they're trying to get to another location that's a couple miles away and then the other team is in cars and they drive around just looking so you get a head start on foot obviously and then they just drive around around the streets just looking for you and then and then once they find you they get out and run after you and tag you and we played that game back in high school back in uh, the cross country team it was one of the things we did in cross country. That was 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 so fun about senior year of cross country for Bothell High. Was just playing so many. We would always play these fun games, just like during practice and stuff. And like we probably should have been running, but but the thing is, we would run during the games. So we would play like capture a flag or something, but just be running for miles and not even realize it, or do ultimate frisbee. Just you run a lot playing ultimate frisbee. It is not nothing to sneeze at, but um, yeah, cross country is fun. <laughs> I, I'm not a big fan of running. Don't do it much anymore. But I mean, I, I never. What am I saying? And much, I never run long distance. The only cardio I do really is play basketball. I don't consider walking to be cardio really. So I do walk a lot though. But I playing basketball. Occasionally ride the exercise bike. That's my cardio right there. <laughs> now I'll do some sit-ups. Do some, uh, occasionally do some push-ups. I should definitely, I haven't busted out any push-ups for a couple days. Come on. Come on, Chris. <laughs> but it's the easiest. Like, you don't have to lift weights. Just hop on the ground for 45 seconds, do some push-ups. And it's so easy. You can do it wherever you are. That's why it's the workout you can carry with you. It's even better than Bowflex. It's the portable Bowflex that you carry in your heart. <laughs> I think I called it Bowflex the first time. I think <laughs> I mix I messed up the name. Bowflex. Bowflex would be a movie store. A movie store that all that only has movies with bow hunting. Only like Robin Hood and that kind of stuff. Bow flicks. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Where are we? We are on failure to launch 2006. I mean, I'm getting, I'm starting to get hungry. How many more? All right, he doesn't have a ton more movies. Matt, man, that's kind of disappointing though. We're only in the year 2006, and I just said he doesn't have that many more movies. In the past 13 years, McConaughey hasn't worked that much. Or TV shows. Come on. Where you been? You've been too busy doing those Buick commercials. Or is it 
is it Lincoln or it's one of those. But <laughs> he's like the spokesperson, so so it's probably again against the bank. Not that Matthew McConaughey needs it, but I love it when he just falls into the pool just with his whole suit. <laughs> he's just ruining his whole suit. Just the men's warehouse guy is like, no. <laughs> Like, I imagine a commercial universe where just all the, everyone in every commercial, they just all live in the same universe. And they're just watching each other's commercials when they're not on the air. So, like, most interesting man in the world's hanging out with the men's warehouse guy. They're kicking it on the beach with the corona people. And they're, they're all hanging out with the Geico lizard. And, you know, the list goes on and on. But commercial universe. All right, that's something to write down right there. That's that's a TV show right there. Man, I just keep I keep filling up these uh, post-it notes. Commercial um, universe. I don't know what what is that. It's not really a TV show, but it's something. It's it's an idea. It's <laughs> it's a, definitely a funny idea. That's for sure. Just the idea that like the most interesting man in the world. He got his suit from Men's Warehouse. Which, speaking of Men's Warehouse, is it... Is it W-E-A-R or W-A-R-E? Like, is it just a giant warehouse, like a Costco warehouse? Like, just a barren, big empty spaces with just a bunch of suit racks sitting around? Or or is it, like, wearing, like... I've never even heard of the word warehouse, W-E-A-R. Like, I think they invented that word. A warehouse, a house of wearing. Like, what? What is, you've never heard of that. They invented that. They made it up. Uh, Failure to launch. It's a rom-com. 97 minutes, PG-13. A 30-something is still living with his parents. Just talking about people living with their parents for a long time. Until they hire an interventionist to help him graduate out of the house. That's when the fun begins. Interventionist. That's funny. Help him graduate out of the house. <laughs> uh, do you go to college? I wonder, I wonder if he went to college. Graduate from college. Maybe move back to the house. Now he has to graduate from the house. Get that second degree. <laughs> SJP. Sarah Jessica Parker, Zoe Deschanel, Justin Bartha from The Hangover, also Riley from one of my favorite movie franchises of all time, National Treasure. My God, Bradley Cooper's in this movie. Terry Bradshaw is in it. Former Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback and Hall of Famer. Current NFL Fox analyst. Kathy Bates is in it. Tyrell Jackson. Rob Corddry, Patton Oswalt. This has some. This is star-studded. This movie, dang. Directed by Tom Day. D E Y. Tom Day. All right. Wow, that's a star-studded movie. I gotta see how that did in theaters, cause we're not in theaters, but um, actually, I, I would be kind of interested to see what the box office failure to launch. Let's see. Um, all right, we'll see if <laughs> Google might not be, um, it's having trouble loading. 
I think it's the sprinkling. It's the drizzling rain out there. It might be holding back the Wi-Fi or something. <laughs> All right. Back to uh, We Are Marshall, 2006. Jack Langell. Ooh, this movie. My parents have that one. It's in their DVD collection. But I did not grab it. That is one of the mo- I'm surprised I didn't grab a Matthew McConaughey, a Maddie Matt movie. Oh, well. Uh, this is uh, this is about the, the tragedy. A plane crash claims the lives of members of the Marshall University football team. Some of his fans, the team's new coach, and his surviving players try to keep the football program alive. That was 1972 plane crash, I believe. Matthew Fox, dude from Lost, is directed by Mick G. Just MC and then a big G. Hmm. And, um, wait, I'm trying. Let's see if this. Um, all right, here we go. Let's see who Mick G is. All right, here's Mick G. What else do you done, Mick G? Oh, Charlie's Angels? What? There's a. Who is Mick G? Joseph McGinty Nickel. Just goes by Mick G. Um, director of 42 movies. This guy's prolific. I'm not going to go through all those movies. Mick G's... Dang. See, that's what I'm talking about with Quinn Tarantino. How he's only done eight movies. And then come up with a guy like Mick G, who I've never <laughs> never heard of this guy. He's directed 42 movies. So I'm not trashing Quinn Tarantino or saying that he's no good. I mean, I definitely agree with uh, quality over quantity, but you have to have some sort of quantity. You can't have, I mean, you can, but I mean, Quentin Tarantino's coming out with his ninth movie this summer, so nine movies. I guess that's somewhat of a sample size, I suppose, (laughs) but all right. So yeah, Mick G's, Mick G's Mick directing. He's Mick working. He's Mick loving it. I wonder if he's a guy who made up the character McLovin. He's the super, uh, the super bad guys. Seth Rogen just brought him in for that. He's like, we gotta bring in Mick G. Only Mick G knows how to come up with a good character. <laughs> McLovin. <laughs> um, Fool's Gold. Oh, this was a good movie. I enjoyed Fool's Gold. It's another rom com. Oh, they listed the genres: action, adventure, comedy. It's definitely, I thought it was a rom-com, but I guess not. 112 minutes, PG-13. A new clue to the whereabouts of a lost treasure rekindles a married couple's sense of adventure and their estranged romance. Kate Hudson from uh, good old Almost Famous. And Maddie Matt. Let's see who else is in it. Dawn Sutherland. Um, oh, Kevin Hart's in this movie. What? It's always funny when you see... Oh, we definitely got to do a Kevin Hart episode. But he was in some like older movies that you did not realize Kevin Hart was in. It's like, what? Because it's before he became famous. Before he became Kevin Hart. One, one movie he's in that I haven't seen the whole thing. But I've seen bits and pieces of it on TV. On FXX. Not FX, but FXX. It was Five Year Engagement. That was Jason Siegel and Emily Blunt. And Kevin Hart pops up in that. In a University of Michigan Wolverine sweatshirt. So, because that whole... 
I think that movie's set in Ann Arbor, Michigan. But there's some famous people in that movie too. Like I think Jim Gaffigan's in that movie and some comedians. But <laughs> I'm just rambling on about five year engagement. It seemed very pleasant, like a very enjoyable movie. Kind of like a it's just like a ice cream sundae of movies, you know? Just enjoyable. Like nothing wrong with it. You can't you can't nitpick an ice cream sundae, you know? Unless you're on a diet. <laughs> 2008 Tropic Thunder. We were talking about it. Rick Peck in Peck's office. Um, God, he's we found the TiVo. Oh my God. The part where he finds the TiVo in the jungle is... Um, that's a great part of cinema. That's a great piece of cinema right there. Tropic Thunder... <clears throat> I'd say Tropic Thunder's has got to be definitely top 10 comedies, top 10 all-time comedies for me, for sure. Uh, 2008, Surfer Dude plays Steve Addington. Um, we never figured out what tip, what, not tip, but what was that other name that we were trying to figure out what it was short for? Tip and, dang, I I have to look at my history now. What was it? It wasn't tip. It was God. I'm just gonna. We gotta let it go. <laughs> Chris, you got. Chris, you gotta let that go. <laughs> Eighty-five minutes comedy. This is Surfer Dude. Oh, this was the one. All right. Directed by S. R. Bindler. Wow, I've never heard of the initials S. R. as a name. <laughs> Not many people go by S. R. I would sooner go by RS than SR, but I don't know. What's <laughs> don't know what that stands for. Let's see. Let's see who SR. I'm curious who SR Bindler is. Sounds like a curious person. Oh, this is like the only thing that they're really known for. It looks like they directed three things: Hands on a Hard Body, the documentary. <laughs> it's like a weightlifting documentary, or porn or body building or what hands on a hard body documentary surfer dude and then tattoo you y-o-u not tattoo university although that would be a that would be a good documentary tattoo university but i never got into watching those tattoo shows on like direct or not direct tv on discovery channel or travel channel or whatever those tattoo shows, like what? What is the fascination with that? Is it people who have tattoos that watch them, or do you like? Is it people who like art, or do they like watching other people feel pain? Or <laughs> I don't understand it really. Really, I don't understand. It. Maybe, maybe it's the story behind the tattoo. That could be it, because usually there's always a story an origin story behind each tattoo I'm sure I'm sure they probably delve into it in like was it Ink Masters or something or Inked Inked Up one of those tattoo TV shows alright Surfer Dude who's in this oh Woody Harrelson <laughs> that's so funny I love how Woody Harrelson's also I, I guarantee you, those guys have to be buddies in real life I gotta think that Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson are kicking it 
um, 2009. Like, they're probably at, like, a luau. I bet, I bet Woody invites Matthew over for, for luau, over to his house, over to his wood hut. They just eat a birthday cake. <laughs> it's, it's not even, it's nobody's birthday. They just have a birthday cake. Because it's Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. And they're surf, I don't know if they're surfers in real life. I would think that those guys are both surfers. I would think so. At least boogie boarders. Probably surfers. Um, 2009. I bet they play so much frisbee though. At their luau's. Just have a nice barbecue. And then just like out like monopoly length games of frisbee. <laughs> um, 2009. Ghosts of Girlfriend's Past. Connor Mead. God, he's in so many rom-coms. Also, fantasy movie. 100 Minutes, PG-13. While attending his brother's wedding, a serial womanizer is haunted by the ghosts of his past girlfriends. You should not be able to use the movie title in the description of the movie. That's just simple. That's not... That's like using the word in the definition of the word. You can't... You can't do it. Or you can, but... It's um, it's a cop-out. Jennifer Garner. Uh, we did get our old friend Jennifer Garner. What was that? Episode 18 or so. Michael Douglas. Brecken Meyer. We were just talking about him earlier. Of late 90s fame. Lacey Chabert. From uh, Mean Girls. That's a great movie. Um, that's like the only thing I really know... Oh, Lacey Chabert was also in Not Another Teen Movie. That one spoof. The parody spoof. It's kind of making fun of American Pie. Not Another Teen Movie. Also, on the uh, TV shelf, the old DVD collection, my parents my parents got back home. I declined to take it here. But I would say that that's like my favorite spoof movie. I've talked about how I don't like that genre of movies. It's not one of my favorites. Uh, it's not comedy, horror, heist, reunion, caper, boardwalk, or road trip, which are my favorite movie genres. But yeah, I just really, I don't like spoof movies because they're not original at all. It's just, you're just making fun of other people. Like, they did hard work. Like <laughs> People, they put their blood, sweat, and tears into making this, like, writing this script and getting this movie made and every step of the journey, just so much hard work. And then, and then you're just making, you make a whole movie, your whole movie. I guess this is just Weird Al's whole career. I should, I should really be against Weird Al, but I think Weird Al's a little different than making a whole movie about it because he's doing songs songs are just bite-sized like you making a whole movie about it is that's a commitment you know <laughs> that's a real you can't just mess around and you can just mess around for an afternoon and make a parody song but you gotta take some time to make a whole <laughs> parody movie uh i don't know i just don't like it that much 2000 see i said i don't know again God, come on chris my inner podcast coach coaching me up right now don't say i don't know 
you do know. You know what you think. <laughs> Just me coaching myself. All right. Matthew McConaughey did nothing in 2010. And then 2011, The Lincoln Lawyer. He plays Mick Haller. A lawyer defending a wealthy man begins to believe his client is guilty of more than just one crime. 118 minutes crime drama thriller rated R. Also starring Marissa Tomei, Ryan Felipe, and William H. Macy. From the great Fargo. Uh, I think I saw Lincoln Lawyer. I, I think I saw that on Netflix for some reason. I don't know why I would watch that movie, but <laughs> no reason to really watch it. It's kind of a, it definitely seems like a John Grisham book, but surprisingly not a John Grisham book. It's almost like someone made a movie based on a John Grisham book, but it's, you know what I mean? Like kind of create a movie in the same universe as the John Grisham universe, separate from the commercials universe. <laughs> but um, yeah, the Lincoln Lawyer, kind of interesting. 2011, Bernie. Talked about how much I love it. Small town Texas, affable mortician, strikes up a friendship with a wealthy widow. Though when she starts to become controlling, he goes to great lengths to separate himself from her grasp. 104 minutes, biography, comedy, crime, PG-13, Jacques Black. Shirley MacLaine as well. That's a great movie. It's a great... It's a link later. And um, it's dark. It's a comedy. It's a it's a dark comedy, and kind of reminds me of a Coen Brothers movie. Even I love it though. It's a caper. It's definitely a caper. It's a mystery. It's a good. It's a good movie. Twenty eleven, Killer Joe, plays Killer Joe Cooper. When a debt puts a young man's life in danger, he turns to putting a hit out on his evil mother in order to collect the insurance. Wow. I can see why they call him Killer Joe. <laughs> he did not celebrate Mother's Day. I, or maybe that's how he celebrated Mother's Day. You never know. Um, 102 minutes, rated R, crime, drama, thriller. Not a comedy. Also starring Emile Hirsch and Juno Temple. That's kind of a lo-fi movie. I'm an indie. I think it's an indie movie. Went under the radar. Uh, video short, 2012, Butch Walker and the Black Widow's synthesizer, Synthesizers, Wooderson. Oh, this is an old, it's an old callback to his Days and Confused, Lower, Eastbound and Down. Speaking of Tropic Thunder, Danny McBride, Eastbound and Down, 2010 to 2012, Roy McDaniel. Um, the characters' names are Roy McDaniel and Texas Scout. <laughs> I like how one of them's a real name, and then the other, Texas Scout. Um, maybe, maybe Roy McDaniel is a Texas Scout. Okay, okay. Three episodes. Twenty twelve, The Paperboy plays Ward Jansen, a reporter returns to his Florida hometown to investigate a case involving a death row inmate. One hundred seven minutes, crime drama mystery. Rated R, starring Zac Efron, John Cusack. Oh, we talked about this in John Cusack episode 15. Very good. John Cusack, my mother's. Oh, still happy birthday, Mom. Still, still my mom's birthday. 
sworn if she's going to watch a John Cusack movie today from, man, she's probably got like a dozen, there's like a dozen John Cusack movies in that DVD collection back home. So maybe she'll throw on uh, Say Anything or Gross Point Blank. Those are her two favorites, those two. Or um, I think she likes The Sure Thing, which is one of his earlier ones. But yeah, John Cusack. Man, he should be in some more recent movies. He hasn't worked enough recently. Come on. Come on, Cuse. All right. Paperboy. Very good. Get out of there. Mud. I see Mud. He plays the character Mud. That's <laughs> his character's name. Mud. In the movie Mud. 2012. 130 minutes. Drama. PG-13. Two young boys encounter fugitive and form a pact to help him evade the vigilantes. That are on his trail and to reunite him with his true love. Mud. Oh, of course. We talked about it in the Reese Witherspoon episode. Just a few episodes ago. Um, directed by Jeff Nichols. Which, that name sounds really familiar. Um, Midnight Special. Let's see. Midnight Special, Take Shelter, Loving. I think it's all Midnight Special. I remember when he was promoting that, he came on, he came on a few Adam Carolla's podcast. Yeah, I do remember that. He was talking about Midnight Special. That's funny. Back in, it came out in 2016. Let's see. So Midnight Special was Michael Shannon. Oh, Michael Shannon's a great actor. He's, his character in The Night Before he plays like Mr. Green, I think is his character's name in the night before. It's so funny. But Michael Shannon is such a he's a very good actor. Midnight Special. Father and son go on the run, pursued by the government and a cult drawn to the child's special powers. So there you go. It's one of those uh special power movies. I swear that Jeff Nichols did I thought he did something else that I knew, but Maybe not. I'm looking at a writer. No, Loving. He did Loving. The um, That was the interracial marriage one with Joel Edgerton and Ruth Nega. And, um, all right, let's get back here. Let's get out of here. Get out of Jeff Nichols. We're going back. We're going back to Maddie Matt. Mud. Great movie. Intense movie. Um, I keep saying stuff's intense, but there's a boat in the trees. That's what happened. A boat? That's where Mud lives. That's right. Now it's all coming back to me. Mud lives in a boat in a tree. So, <laughs> uh, air boat, air boat in boat, air boat in tree. <laughs> no, air boat in boat because it's in the air. Get it? It's a boat in the air. It's, it's air, boat, and boat. But that's really all you need to know about that movie, is that he lives in a boat in a tree. 2012, Magic Mike. He plays Dallas. This was the male strippers, Channing Tatum, Olivia Munn, a um, bunch, of, bunch of other people. 110 minutes, comedy drama, a drum-com, rated R, a male stripper teaches a younger performer how to party, pick up women and make easy money um i hear those movies are funny i mean i'm i'd like to see them i would like to see magic mike <laughs> i think it's on netflix 
Might have to add it to the old Netflix queue. I hear it's pretty funny. 2013 Dallas Buyers Club. This is a not funny movie. Ron Woodruff. This is the one where he got AIDS. 1985 Dallas Electrician Hustler. Ron Woodruff works around the system to help AIDS patients get the medication they need after he's diagnosed with a disease. It says Philadelphia in the South. <laughs> um, yeah, Jennifer Gardner's in this one too. And who directed? Jean Marc Vallée directed that one. So I watched that one, I believe. Was that Best Picture winner? It was definitely a Best Picture nominee. But I think it may have. Now we gotta check to see if this won the Best Picture. Or if it was just. Um, nah, nah, nah. Academy, Academy Award for Best Actor. Oh, that's when, that's when he gave his famous speech that my hero is myself in 10 years from now. Mm. Thank you so much to me for all that I've done. <laughs> yeah, that was a great speech. They would never play Matthew McConaughey off with the music. Or if they did, it would just be the bongos. <laughs> they could play them off with the bongo music. There you go. Uh, 2013, The Wolf of Wall Street. Mark Hanna. We all know The Wolf of Wall Street. Great movie. 2014, True Detective. Detective Rust Cole for eight episodes. I hear that's a great show, but I've never seen it. 2014, Interstellar plays Cooper. We talked about that in the Anne Hathaway episode. Uh, let's see. TV show 2015, Jimmy Kimmel Live. Volcan Video Clerk, one episode 2015. Um, Volcan, that's funny. But Interstellar, circle back. Circle back around the old Lazy River. Uh, doggy paddle over there. Um, Interstellar, it's a great movie. I just want to give it a shout out. Um, I love it. I like time traveling movies. I love time traveling movies. Way more than space movies. So, I like space movies. Like, they're decent, but that's one of the reasons why I like Interstellar so much more than The Martian. It's because Interstellar has that little extra oomph, you know, that that Christopher Nolan craziness. Because <laughs> it's like the crazy edge, you know. the Like the part where he kind of... What is it? He falls like through the seam of the universe. <laughs> is that how you describe it? He kind of, he like falls like into like the in between or whatever, or like into like a black hole or something. But it's some sort of like tear in the universe that he falls into, and um, I'll leave it at that. It's interstellar is, but and then at the same time, it's it's like a funny. It's funny and it's it's real and it has good acting. It's Michael Caine, you seen it? Michael Caine. Matthew McConaughey. Gotta make sure I say the name of the guy I'm doing an impression of, so I make sure that you know who I'm doing an impression of. <laughs> um, Alright, we're almost done. Holy cow. 2015, <laughs> The Sea of Trees. Plays Arthur Brennan. A suicidal American befriends a Japanese man lost in a forest near Mount Fuji, and the two search for a way out. Wow, I've never heard of this movie, but that sounds really good. That is awesome. Gus Van Sant directed it. 110 minutes drama, fantasy, mystery. 
that sounds like a that sounds like a f- cool movie. Um, hmm. <laughs> hmm. Free State of Jones, 2016, Newton Knight. Oh, I remember this one. He plays like the like the guys on the History Channel, basically. Basically, looks like the real grizzled, real just a disillusioned Confederate Army deserter. Returns to Mississippi and leads a militia of fellow deserters and women in an uprising against the corrupt local Confederate governments. Yeah, this came out when I worked at AMC Woodenville. I do remember. Not many people saw this one. And uh, <laughs> there weren't many people coming to movies to see Free Save Jones. Did not do that well in the box office. Uh, Cubo and the Two Strings. He's the voice of the Beatle. That one... That one also came out when I worked at AMC Wimble. Few more people came to that one, I think. It's the, uh, what is it? I think it's, all right. A young boy named Cubo must locate a magical suit of armor worn by his late father in order to defeat a vengeful spirit from the past. And it's animated, directed by Travis Knight, Charlize Theron, Charlize Theron, how you pronounce it? Theron. Yeah, we did that episode. Uh, 13. Alright, 2016. Sing. The voice of Buster Moon. Uh, that was like the animated... Animated American Idol, basically. <laughs> Video short, 2016. Lincoln, colon, Crafted. He plays Matthew. 2016. Gold. Gold! He plays Kenny Wells. A prospector desperate for a lucky break. Teams up with a similarly eager geologist and sets off on a journey to find gold in the uncharted jungle of Indonesia. Two hours adventure drama thriller. Edgar Ramirez also in it. I don't think that one did that well either. The Dark Tower um, plays Walter. Let's see. Dark Tower. Oh, that one did terrible too. Man, Maddie Matt's recent movies have not been doing well. The Dark Tower was one with Idris Elba, the uh, the last gunslinger, Roland Deschain has been locked in an internal battle with Walter Odim, also known as the Man in Black, and determined to prevent him from toppling the dark tower that holds the universe together. With the fate of the world at stake, good and evil will collide in the ultimate battle, as only Roland can defend the tower from the Man in Black. Sounds a little bit like Men in Black, but <laughs> nah. <laughs> Nah. 2008. White Boy Rick. He plays Richard Worsh Sr. Um, This one looks really interesting. I remember seeing this trailer at some movie I went to. The story of a teenager, Richard Worsh Jr., who became an undercover informant for the FBI during the 1980s and was ultimately arrested for drug trafficking and sentenced to life in prison. Spoiler alert. Why would you give the spoiler? They just gave the end of the movie right there. <laughs> All right. Um, 2019, Serenity, Baker Dill. What is this? A fishing boat captain juggles. Oh, I wonder if he juggled as well as I was juggling in my backyard. Those tennis balls on my birthday the other day. <laughs> Facing his mysterious past and finding himself ensnared in a reality where nothing is what it seems. Oh, also starring Anne Hathaway. Oh, we talked about that one. So I can't, it's hard to remember all these 
movies. Because then we're going to start seeing overlapping movies and more and more that we've already talked about with each actor. So, you know, just that that Venn diagram of who's been in the most movies together. You know, you know. NBA update, 59-48, Golden State is ahead. Eight minutes left in the third quarter. Okay, to be expected, very well. And um, 2019, I like how I just give a little, I just want to give a little NBA update, you know. I think the Warriors, my prediction, Warriors in five. I will, I'll say the Blazers will win game three at home. So, it's the only game I think they'll win. Um, All right. 2019, The Beach Bum. Matthew McConaughey plays Moondog. This is animated. A rebel. Wait. Oh, it's a, it's a dirty. It's rated R. Oh, it's like a sausage party. It's like the Seth Rogen sausage party movie. A rebellious stoner named Moondog lives life by his own rules. <laughs> it's so, it's so general. Like, there's nothing to It's, Wait. This movie already came out March 29th. Completely under the radar. I... What? I did not hear anything about this movie coming out. March 29th? Let's see how it did. Let's see how um, the beach bum... They should have called it Moondog. I think Moondog would have been a better title. Um, The beach bum. 54% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, is this one of those... It's, oh, it's part, part animated, part real life. Oh my God. It's one of those movies. It's like Space Jam. Wait, is this not even, wait, is this not animated at all? Why do I keep thinking it's animated? Did it, did it say that it's not animated? Okay. Okay. (laughs) No, scratch that. The Beach Bum is not animated. This is not an animated movie. For some reason, the the poster looked like it was animated. I mean, because it's kind of like the faces are all tiny. <laughs> it kind of just looks a little animated. And, um, yeah, the beach bum. It just sounded like a... Just all... It all seemed like an animated movie to me for some reason. But And then I got so excited about it being like Sausage Party. Because, yeah, that is kind of funny. Like a, like a dirty animated movie. I normally... I'm not a fan of animated movies, really, but, like, a dirty one, like Sausage Party, or, like, Team America, those would be pretty funny, but, no, this is Beach Bum, let's see what the box office did, it's not animated, (laughs) and then I got so excited when I thought it was part animated and part real life, I was like, oh, it's like Space Jam, what, alright, um, box office, so there's no budget, it didn't list its budget, but it made nearly three and a half million dollars. So three point five million just about domestic. No international even listed. Was not released internationally. But some big names though. Snoop Dogg, Isla Fisher, Zach Efron, Jonah Hill, Jimmy Buffett. Wasting away again in Margaritaville. I gotta write that down. I'm gonna write down. Um, let's see. J- I'll go J. Buffett. There. Now I'll, I'll realize that I definitely need to. 
Cheeseburger in paradise, paradise. I love Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> Wasting away again, the Margaritaville. Martin Lawrence is also in it. All right, it's very good. So there you go. I wrote down Jimmy Buffett to remind me that I'm going to sing a Jimmy Buffett song in the future. A future podcast, 2020, The Gentleman. What is this one? A very British, <laughs> very British, not just British, very British drug lord tries to sell off his highly profitable empire to a dynasty of Oklahoma billionaires. What, like the Sonics? You mean like the Sonics? <laughs> I just get all mad. <laughs> you, mean, you mean sell off to a dynasty of Oklahoma billionaires? That sounds kind of familiar. NBA? Hmm? <laughs> oh my god. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm over it. I'm over it, man. I'm over it, man. Forget about it. Forget about it. Um, and then 2021, the final credit, Matthew McConaughey. We made it, y'all. We made it. Sing 2 plays Buster Moon Dog. <laughs> no, just Buster Moon. But that is kind of funny how he plays... Buster Moon and then Moon Dog and this other thing. But that must be oh that's why I thought it was animated. Cause I was taking Moon Dog literally. Like I thought he was I just saw Moon Dog and it looked kinda the T V poster or the movie poster looked animated and I was just like, okay. He's kinda playing like uh Poochie, you know from the Simpsons? Poochie? <laughs> Um, so yeah, I thought that's what it was. All right. There's that explanation there. (laughs) Now I've defended myself successfully. Um, let's go top three. Bond three. Maddie Matt. All right. Top three. We'll go positive first. Bernie, for sure. Gotta go Bernie. Let's just go Bernie, Mud, Interstellar. Boom, boom, boom. One, two, three. That's a solid top three right there. As for bottom three, we'll go Tiptoes. (laughs) <laughs> Highly controversial tiptoes. Oh, Reign of Fire, the the Game of Thrones ripoff, and then uh, Frailty. Was oh yeah, Frailty was the one about like the super religious guy with the demons making his kid kill people because f- of demons. So there you go. There's your bottom three. There's your top three. We did it. We made it through the entirety of the Matthew McConaughey IMDb. Filmography page. I am your host, Chris Arneson. Thank you so much for sharing A Star is Born with friends, family members, coworkers, anyone and everyone. Spread the word about the podcast. Thank you for doing that so much. And also, please go on over to iTunes right now and give it five stars. Rate and review the podcast. Thank you so much for doing that as well. And um, give my books on Amazon and Kindle. Let's do it. Closing time, time for you to go home to the places where you belong. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home, take me home, home. closing time, 
Time for you to go home to the places where you be Mariners update to nothing Mariners. There we go, baby. Great way to end the podcast. Bomb second to nothing Mariners. Head the Oakland A's. I love it. Let's go Mariners. Take it to them. I love it. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Have a great night. And um, keep on doing it. Ciao. Uh, I love you. And uh, keep on shine, shine, shine on. Thank you so much.